Hello everyone, I'm your host Robert Ring and this is the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is October 22nd, 2016. With me is... Hi! Liz. Oh, sorry, uh, shit. What's my line? You're Jay. Okay, sorry, I just get confused. Jay Totoro. My voice and Blake's voice, so... And that was our new fucking kick-ass intro music. Dude, so solid. You like it? I love it. It's freaking hilarious. Well done. I've listened to it like, well, I got to thank Dmitry Jebanov for that. Um, you can follow Dmitry on Twitter at D-I-S-Y man, Dizzy man, but D-I-S-Y. Um, Dmitry, I hired him to create some intro music for us, as well as some email intro music, which we'll get to later, which is even sicker than our real intro music. And uh, Dmitry did an outstanding job so please if you will get on twitter by the way this is uh not like <laughs> part of my, the deal i had with him i wasn't like yeah make us some music and i'll give you a shout out like this is totally me just being so happy with his work that i want to give him i, I want him to get some extra little credit for it so if you will please follow dizzy man d-i-s-y-m-a-n on twitter tell him how much you like our new music because uh we were in very very dire need of some actual oh, yeah, we intro music for a very long time. like that for three years now? Yeah, we should have taken care of that a long time ago. <sighs> yeah, I'm um, so disappointed you, Robert. Now that we finally have, it's I could not be happier with it. As you've probably seen by now as well, we have... Oh, yeah, the new... Yeah, we got the new logo. Something that I didn't just like make by myself in about 30 minutes with no graphic design skills whatsoever. For that, you can thank Garrett Weinzerl. I'll give him a shout out. Uh, he is on Twitter at Garrett Art, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-A-R-T. Garrett also runs A Move TV, which you can follow at A Move TV. And they have Garrett, uh, Garrett, Garrett uh, A Move TV is like a basically a podcast network. He runs a shitload of Blizzard related podcasts. Oh, really? That's kind of cool. Yeah. In fact, that was how I got to know Garrett originally. He used to uh, run Starcast and. Oh, okay. Yes, and I used okay. to I used to do a little bit of stuff with him on that podcast. Cool. And uh, I knew he was a graphic designer. Starcast. Wow, I've heard that name in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, Garrett, I got in touch with him, and I was like, man, I need we need some we need a real logo. What can you do for me? And he came up with with what we've got, and it is fucking awesome as well. So thank you once again to Dimitri and Garrett. Now we're starting to slightly look a little bit more legitimate. Let's move on to news, though. Oh, before we get to news, actually, I got a sick. Did you see the uh, the Star Fox hoodie that I got? No, I saw the goofy one we were trolling about on Twitter, though, with what's his name? The one that Alex was showing us? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, that was Alex. Okay, look at this. Hold on, let me find it. I, I posted a picture of myself wearing it. Anyway, I'm very happy. I like happy. how you put your guns in the picture, too. You were like, oh, <laughs> free. No, that was to, sh- that's to show the, the emblem on the, sh- on the, on the, like, yeah, the whatever. side of the arm. Yeah, whatever. our fucking viewers. <laughs> we all know oh, that's God. your purpose in life. Uh, anyway, I just had to share that because I'm super excited about it. Uh, let's go on to news. Oh shit. Obviously the biggest news that came out recently, I guess it's not technically classic gaming related, but we're going to talk about it anyways, because it's such a big thing. The Nintendo switch. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, That commercial was really, really good. Oh man. I am. So I'm legitimately hyped about this. How, How do you feel? I, I think it's the next gen. Like the, I feel like they came up with something pretty unique, which is 
awesome. Like I, you know, like you look at all the systems right. that are coming out or that have been announced, and you're kind of like they're all kind of the same. You know what I mean? But like this feels like this is the next the next thing. Like the mobility of it, and like being able to transition from being a console to being a handheld to take on travel. Like I don't know. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I don't know if I'll get one immediately, but I can totally see why people would want to. Yeah. Once I once we get some more details about the specs, like I may actually be on board to buy one on release. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing, like, I like like uh, go back to what you were saying about it, this sort of being like the next kind of step in in consoles. Mm-hmm. The interesting the interesting thing to me about it is that like obviously since the uh, since the Wii Nintendo has been trying to like do different things to to set yeah. itself apart from the other consoles, but this is the first one. Uh, so the Wii and obviously the Wii U, they both did that. With this one, I feel like they're taking a much more measured approach to it, and it's not so much of a gimmick as it is just like a really super good idea. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and what's what's nice is like, you know, we talk about mobile games. Like, okay, Game Boy, it's always been great. It's always been great for mobile. Phones are a terrible fucking mobile platform for yep. games. Like, the shittiest titles, the shittiest controls, just real gimmicky stuff that's not good, that has, you know, uh, microtransactions to make the developer as much money as possible. If this is a good mobile platform, I will be so happy because there is oh, yeah. not really a good one other than the old Game Boys. The, 3D, <laughs> the 3DS is pretty good. I haven't actually played through this. I've heard really good things about it as well, though. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later because I just got my daughter one. But, oh, nice. But, so, so I guess to back up a little bit on the Nintendo, if if you haven't heard about it, which I'm guessing most of our listeners, if not all of them, have, the Nintendo NX was officially, uh, they've, they've unveiled what it is. And it's actually not called the Nintendo NX. It's called the Nintendo Switch. And first of all, that alone, I'm very happy about. Because I feel like with Nintendo NX, they were going to be making like the same marketing mistakes similar to what they did with the Wii U, where it's like, what is this? Is this like, that sounds totally meaningless, and it almost sounds like it's like an add-on to something. And yeah, that was, it, it didn't really, yeah, I agree with you. That was the big, one of the biggest problems they had marketing the Wii U. When you have the Nintendo Wii and you have the Wii U, then that just sounds like like a slightly upgraded version of the Wii when it's actually an entirely different console. It's it's like the uh the Nintendo DS and the Nintendo 3DS and the Nintendo 3DS XL. They're they're like minor improvements on the previous thing. None of them were a whole new thing. And that's what Wii U sounds like. It sounds like it's just kind of like a slightly upgraded Wii. Uh and Nintendo NX I f- I was afraid would kind of fall into that same or or a similar sort of trap. But when you have an actual word Nintendo Switch, then there's like, oh, okay, I don't know, that's 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 a new thing. Let's let's look in and find out what that is. You know, for for people who don't keep up with the industry as much, you know, yeah, especially, exactly. especially parents. Um, so what it is is a as was rumored, it's a console that can also become portable. So what you do is you have the uh, the console and you've got the controller, and you're playing a game or whatever, just like a normal console. And then what you can do is you take the controller is like has no buttons in the very middle. It only has buttons like on the sides of the controller and you can slide the two sides off of the actual like base of the controller, then take them over to where the console is and slide them onto a little screen uh, that sits inside the console. And it also has its own processing power uh, attached. It's not just a screen. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's the mobile device. You slide the two little ends of the controller onto that. 
So you pick it up, and then you, instead of holding a controller, you're basically holding a controller that, that now has a little screen on it, and also also has like of a course, big Game Gear. All the inside, yeah. So we're just I like, thought of when I saw it. I literally thought of an old ga- uh, Game Gear. That's funny. It looks kind of like the size of like a Kindle to me, or something like that. Um, okay. But then you're but you're playing the exact same game and everything. I'm I, I'm sure there will be a little bit different. Uh, capabilities as far as like maybe frame rate and and uh and the the definition of it and all that i'm sure it won't be quite as powerful when you're uh when you're walking around with it when you have it plugged into the console it probably does it probably has you know a little bit better frame rate and some stuff to boost the the resolution i'm from guessing. what people said it's really easy to connect uh to random televisions too so like if you're in a hotel they said it's really easy to connect i don't know how oh, nice. okay. it, it, yeah, I would imagine probably has to be newer televisions, but from what people are saying is like the way that they're setting it up, it looks like it'll connect pretty easily. It would probably just be an HDMI, I would think. Yeah, I mean HDMI is a staple across most televisions as long as the hotels have been updated in the last what? Right, 10 years? as long as it's new. But then even if it's not, then you've got the handheld little screen, so you're good. Yep. So you're good to go. So the little screen goes into the into like a dock basically. And then when you're ready, you slide the two ends of the controller onto that, pull it out, and then you're carrying it around with you, still playing the same game. They make it look like you could even kind of do that on the fly. Like, you're in the middle of a game, you want to get going, you just go slide the controller ends onto the little screen thing, pull it out, and then just keep on playing. And That's then, what I saw as well. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And then also, so on top of that, then you can also, like, it's got a little stand, apparently, where you can set it up, like, on a desk or something, and then, like pull the control pull the little controller pieces off of it to where you're basically holding like a tiny controller in each hand so you can sit back and then like play it that way where it's not actually connected to the screen anymore i wonder if they'll make something that like when you take off the two side pieces you can attach to something else so that the two pieces are together but not connected to the screen so you can have like a controller you know because like when they're when they're free from each other that kind of actually concerns me a little bit like in terms of like yeah control. i wonder if you know, I, I kind of wondered about that too. I I thought about the uh, like the nunchuck on the Wii. On yeah, the Wii exactly. And that, it wasn't it wasn't the best, right? It's, it wasn't the best, but it, but also it wasn't it it worked fine for me. So like I agree. I don't think that would be the best, but I think it would be definitely serviceable. But yeah, but you know what? At the same time, if you're gonna do that, you might as well just bring the the base of the controller with you. The 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 the, yeah, the, the base true. of the main controller. Um, and then on top of that. You can apparently uh, connect, like have a few of the screens in one place to play, uh, to play multiplayer or co-op or whatever, like on multiple screens that are you know wirelessly connected. And then you can also the two sides of the controller are sort of like diagonally symmetrical. So one of them has a joystick on the top and four buttons beneath it, and then like on the right side, it's got the four buttons on the top and then another and then a joystick beneath that. So you, what you can do is also have one person has each side of the controller like disconnected. So it's like a super miniature tiny controller and you turn it sideways. So it's got the joystick on one side and the buttons on the other side. So you can have two people playing multiplayer on the same screen. Each person just using one half of the original controller. It yeah. looks like... Like it sounds like if you haven't seen the video, go check out. Yeah, it's like a it's like an eight minute video or something, and they they did such a great job with it. Like, I'm like it the was way actually I'm, exciting. Yeah, it actually is. Like the way I'm describing it, kind of makes it sound terrible, but uh, uh I don't think so. I mean, I mean you, the, the main points are it's it's really it, it's portable. It's extremely portable. 
which in, in like people say all the time, but like this is the first system or or device that I've seen that I'm actually like this is a portable device for gaming. Yeah, it looks like they really thought it out very well. Even though I'm a big they, Wii U fan, I, I feel like one of the problems with the Wii U is like, why can only one controller be like the Wii U, like the main Wii U controller? Like, why couldn't yeah you have that be both of them? And that kind of messes things up because you can't have a multiplayer game where each person has the exact same capabilities unless you're just not using some of the capabilities of the system. Whereas this I is a, it, uh, go ahead no go ahead no no you're good I was just gonna oh, say well, this, this is just a little bit more well rounded. It seems like everything is more. Uh, symmetrical as far as like creating multiplayer experiences and whatnot. I feel like they really analyzed the market and found something that is needed. In all honesty, I think they really did. Um, it's funny because you can kind of tell that they like learned that their marketing was pretty much shit for the Wii U because like every fifteen seconds on the on the video that goes back and shows the logo. That says Nintendo Switch, and it's got the logo, and it makes the little clicky noise. Yeah, that, that, was, that was funny as hell. And it kept doing it over and over. It's like, it's almost too much, but like in the light of how poorly they did with the Wii U, it's like, okay, I see where you're going. That's fine. That's cool. Just go ahead and tell us yep. too many times what it is. That's better than telling us barely enough what it okay. is. So it's like, hey guys, just so you don't, just so you don't forget. Here's here it is. It's the Nintendo Switch, and then like 15 seconds later. By the way, don't just just so you, I know I already told you like 10 times, but just. To be safe, just so you remember, here's the logo again, and here's what it's called. Did they did something? They showed so they showed a scene of esports of people playing on stage yeah. in like an arena. The one thing I was expecting to come with that was streaming capabilities, something to do with uh, streaming capabilities. I but I didn't see anything, and I was kind of disappointed by that because if you're gonna like talk about that, I mean, streaming is you know kind of goes hand in hand with it. So. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna do anything with that. I would hope so. I mean. Okay, well, a lot of companies regret not doing stuff with esports sooner. <coughs> Blizzard. So <laughs> they did. Uh, they did show like a second of a new Mario game that looks yeah. uh, kind of similar to like Mario sixty four. They also showed Skyrim, which was really yeah. I was really okay. I was going to ask about that. I thought I, I thought it was Skyrim. I'm like, is that Skyrim? That okay. was that was the same thing I thought at first. I was like, is that Skyrim? But uh, yes, yeah. I confirmed it is Skyrim. So Skyrim is going to be on this, which. Uh, kind of tells that like that alone says a lot of things. First of all, it says okay, it's at least telling us that the console is going to be capable of running things like Skyrim. Uh, yeah, which is a very power-intensive game. Yeah, <laughs> especially on the especially if you're using it on you know on the yeah, mobile seriously. version. Jesus. Um. Also, they never released that on any of the other Nintendo platforms, so that's interesting. And it also shows, I guess, what kind of goes along with that is, like, that they, I think they're also sort of trying to demonstrate that they have pretty solid third-party support. But I feel like that's what they're showing to say. Like, that that's that's a very good game to show off to say, hey, look, we've got third-party developers behind us on this, and we're going to have a lot of companies making good, uh, make, making it, making games for this platform, so it's something that you need to be interested in. It was actually, it looked one of the most exciting parts of it for me. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I thought was really cool is that it's going to use cartridges. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. On one part, it shows them, on one part, it shows them sliding in a cartridge for whatever game it is the person's playing. So it doesn't use CDs or miniature CDs or anything like that. Oh man. Cartridge. Like, so I feel like when CDs came out, they were superior, of course. 
Yeah, absolutely. But now I feel like we're back to where cartridges are a lot better than CDs because, you know, of course, you can hold a shitload more now than you used to be able to on a cartridge. Um, as far as like, you know, the, the storage capabilities and the data and the memory and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's also a lot faster than CDs. The cartridge or the CD? The, the cartridges. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. You know, like, cause, cause, you know, on Super Nintendo, for instance, you don't ever have to wait for shit to load. You know, you don't ever get a loading screen on Super Nintendo, on Nintendo, on Sega Genesis. When CD based games came out, came out, that's when you had, that's when you had, loading screens all over the place. Um, I think it's a matter of like the, the memory type on cartridges. It's kind of like flash memory where it's just like a lot faster. Oh, okay. 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 I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. It's just like a lot faster kind of memory and you don't have to wait for shit to load all the time. I'm very, very happy about that. Um, and also cartridges are just a lot cooler than CDs. They're more fun. I actually do too. And like, it obviously is, we talk about old games, so cartridges kind of hold a special place in a lot of our yeah, lives. So, uh, no pricing yet. It's coming out in March 2017. So that's only five months away. That's actually a pretty quick turnaround. That's very I didn't fast. realize it. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't catch that. Um, and they haven't released any actual specs yet. Those, they said, are going to... Uh, what I read is that they're going to release specs sometime early 2017. God, 2017's around the corner. Holy shit, That's, boys. Isn't that weird? Oh, my God. I was talking about, like, I, I was trying to plan out the rest of my PTO because there's only, what, <laughs> six weeks of the fucking working year left? Something like that, yeah, I guess. God. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's fucking insane, dude. Anyway, like, they did a killer job with this. They did a good job with the release trailer, and it looks like they actually did a good job coming up with just, like, a really awesome idea for a console. Yep. So, like you said, I'm actually legitimately excited about this. It was funny when I saw I've the uh, system a while. When, when I saw the um, like I saw somewhere where it said some post on Reddit was like Nintendo is going to be showing their trailer for the Nintendo NX like in three hours from this post or something along those lines. And I had a meeting or something. I had like an appointment or something that I had to go to to where I wasn't going to be able where I wasn't going to be home at that time. So when I got home and then remembered to go look it up. That I, the first post I found was Nintendo shows off the Nintendo Switch. And I was like, so disappointed because I was like, oh, I wanted to see the Nintendo NX. What's this thing called the Switch that they're showing? <laughs> but of course, that's funny as hell. Turned out to be the, that's, that's what the, exactly NX that. Is. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, really interested to see where this goes. I think the, 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 the main unknowns now are uh, battery life, which is a, my biggest complaint about cell phones right now. Literally, like, if somebody designs a, a hideous cell phone that has insane battery life, I will buy it for fucking $1,000. So, like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. If this thing has a good battery, I'm going to be so excited. I'll be super excited. And then, of course, the pricing. We have no idea. Uh, I think the other thing is titles. Titles, titles, titles. I want to see what titles are going to do in the first year, what, yeah. what's going to be available at launch, because that's going to determine if I want to buy it immediately or wait until, you know, more kit. Uh, they showed scenes of a Zelda game, I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's the new Zelda game. Yeah, but they haven't said anything about it, which a lot of people are like, oh, like, come on. Well, no, they've, that's, this, this, this is the uh, Zelda game that they've been kind of talking about for like a while now. That's uh, Breath of the Wild, where it's going to be a big open world. Oh, oh I didn't game. catch. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, have, have you, you haven't seen anything about that? I, I, I don't think so. Oh, okay, no, I, no I, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's actually a good bit of information out about that. Um, just go like, 
Google it or like look it up on YouTube or something. There's plenty of gameplay footage, plenty of interviews about it. Um, it's basically kind of like a sky, like a like an Elder Scrolls version of Zelda. It's supposed to be. How I feel about that? Well, it, when you see it, when you see it, it looks good. Yeah, I know. It's just like. I was, me and Lisa were talking about this yesterday. Lisa played Skyrim recently. She be she like hundred percent of it essentially. Uh-huh. And like I was talking about how I enjoyed Oblivion more because I felt like Skyrim was too open. Like, and not that this okay. game obviously we have no idea, but it just the concept of open world, like it, it, for whatever reason, is like such like a, a popular thing right now. But I feel like it's kind of being overused and like I don't know. I, you I've know, been kind it, of disappointed with it. It is in some ways. It's one of those things where it's like. Sometimes something will catch on, like open world games, and then yeah. you make a game open world just because it's popular, and you don't focus on making a good open world game. Like that's one, that's definitely one of those things that you have to do right if you're going to do it. Like the Grand Theft Auto series, obviously, oh, sort God. of pioneered God that. Too. Oh, Red Dead Redemption, did you see that shit? Yeah, and, people are so. Oh yeah, Red, yeah, Red Dead Two. I still need to play the first one. Um, I played it a very, very long time ago. Yeah, I I know it's supposed to be really badass. I'm I'm probably gonna actually get it pretty soon, but um, but it's kind of like how we were talking about last week about pixel art. Like pixel <laughs> art is cool, but it's kind of like a lot of people that are like a lot of indie developers that use pixel art now. It's like they're not really putting much thought into it. Some do, plenty do, and there are some that don't. And it's like they're just using pixel art for the sake of pixel art, and they're not thinking of whether it fits the game or like making sure yeah. they're using it correctly in a way that really works to make the game better yep i agree from what i've seen of the new zelda game which i believe is called breath of the wild it looks again from their promo stuff it looks like they're doing it right obviously we'll have to wait and see so anyway nintendo switch that's all that's all i've got to say about it but i'm actually excited i'm as well and like i said i haven't been excited about a system since the ps2 maybe like like this much? Yeah, really. Like, that's a that's a really good point. When I bought that was the le- that's actually the same exact one for me because I was super excited about that, and then everything else after that. Like, I I bought an Xbox, but it wasn't one of those things that I was like super excited about. When I bought a PS3, it was primarily to watch Blu-rays on. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. But like, you know, I was like, okay, this will be cool. I can play games on it too. But I never really bought that many PS3 games. Same. Or PS4. <laughs> and then, yeah, I never bought anything after that until the Wii U, which I bought like a hundred years after it came out. And I was, and it was just kind of like, I was ready for something new. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so excited to finally get a Wii U. It was like, okay, it seems like it's got some good stuff. I'm going to go ahead and buy in on this. And, but you know, again, way after it actually came out. This is one where, this is the first time, again, since the PlayStation 2 where I'm like, this may be a day one buy for me. I'm really... Yep, likewise. Really... And I, I do not do day one buys. So. Yeah. The, the portable aspect of it is just so cool. Like, it, is it really is. It is super cool, yeah. Um, so there we go. There's there's a Nintendo Switch. We'll move on from that. The only other... Just a few other news things we have is... Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour came out. This is, I believe, available on Steam. I think it's only available on Steam, but I could be mistaken about that. It's just a sort of like special edition version or not special edition, but I guess just like it says 20th anniversary edition of Duke Nukem 3d. It's the, it's the Duke Nukem 3d game. If I understand correctly, it's got some new locations and it's also got developer commentary throughout the game. 
which you actually activate by these little icons that you come across while going through the levels. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. So that's out. Um, Beyond Good and Evil is free from Ubisoft right now. Do you have to use Uplay, you fuck? Yes. You can go fuck yourself. You have to register. You have to register with the Ubisoft Club, and I don't know what that means. But so it's... I'm gonna let you guys know right now. <laughs> don't get whatever this is. You're <laughs> selling not, your soul. It's not worth it. Oh, um, I hate that shit so much. We talked about this last time, but we, it, like theirs is <laughs> cancer, the worst kind of cancer. The uh, yeah, you play is really bad. Um, I'm oh looking my up. God. Gog actually sells Beyond Good and Evil, and I'm I'm gonna find out real quick how much it how much it costs. So we basically um, can see like how much you're you're selling your soul for if you just go. It's ten dollar. <laughs> it's ten dollars on Gog. So if your soul is worth more than ten dollars, then I recommend getting it on Gog. I would hope so. <laughs> if not, then go ahead and get, sign up for the UPlay Club or whatever. If not, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, and the only other thing is, again, this is not a really classic gaming related thing, but it's kind of, uh, relevant and interesting anyway. The video game, there's a video game voice actor strike going on right now. Really? I didn't know this. Yeah. The, I forgot what Holy the guild, shit. I forgot what the guild is called, but the video game voice actors guild as of, I believe, I think it was last night, like midnight Friday. Due to what? Like, what? um, do they just want more money. Basically, like, they, uh, uh, what, what the guild is saying is that, or the union, the guild, whatever it is, what they're saying is that a lot of the stipulations and contracts and that kind of stuff are really, really outdated. Which, I can see that making sense, because voice acting for video games today is obviously eons Completely different. different. Yeah, yeah, from how it was originally. So, they, I don't know, I don't, I don't have any stance on the legitimacy of their claims or who's in the right and wrong here, but... I can definitely see that that being the case that there may be that there may need to be some changes. I've actually wondered so like like dive this a little bit, but so one one of the one of the biggest things that people are complaining right now in the last like five years or so is developers getting shafted. Voice actors getting shafted doesn't surprise me at all. Like I feel like these companies are getting to the point where they're they're trying to push out games in eighteen months and they're working people sixty hours a week for those eighteen months and then they're basically just letting them go and then they're moving on to a new company or moving on to a new project. And and from what I've heard, they, the payment is not worth how much they have to work and how much they put into For it. For the developers? And, you know, using their, yep. Oh, yeah. You hear horror stories all the time about yeah. like 80-hour weeks, no overtime, yep. like shit like that. Um, for, for like these for these AAA titles, and they get nothing out of it. Yeah. Like what? By the way, this is super random, but I just realized I never explained why Blake's not with us right now. Who? Oh, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm not being here. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Blake Ugh. is doing a stream right now for Final Fantasy, and he told us this morning, hey guys, oh, by the way, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the, the call tonight. He said he's doing a stream, and it's not he's not sure if it's going to last four hours or eight hours. If he finishes during the uh, recording of this, then he is going to join us. If not, we're going to have to, you and me are just going to have to hammer this one out. We're just going to have to pound it out together, just the two of us. I hate you so much. Uh, <laughs> but okay so this is one more thing about the strike um this is from <laughs> hold on let me find the exact quote okay i don't know okay i'm just gonna read this okay this is from 
so I got this news from rockpapershotgun.com. And uh, this th- just just listen to this paragraph and make of it what you will. Any games in production since 17th of February 2015 by, bo- by most big-name publishers and voice studios will be affected by this strike. Quote, a strike is not to be entered into lightly, end quote, said SAG-AFTRA's president, that's the guild or whatever, uh, Gabrielle Carteris, quote, but when the employees leave us with no recourse, we must stand firm for our members, blah, 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 uh, end quote. And then Rock Paper Shotgun says those issues include what they call contingent compensation to recognize just how just how more lucrative the industry the industry is today, as well as extra pay and shorter sessions for stressful vocals, better communication about the nature of projects ahead of t- ahead of hiring, and the required presence of stunt coordinators for more dangerous physical performances. <laughs> I wonder what that has to do with. I don't know. Like, are we talking about voice acting still? I'm actually kind of curious. Maybe they're referring to, like, extensively using your voice or, like, yelling to the point of, like, causing damage or something, maybe? Dangerous performance, though? I mean, that's that, that was the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, exactly what you just said. That's the only thing that would make sense. Unless they're, like, <laughs> abusing them to get certain emotions out of them. <laughs> <laughs> like cracking whips on him, beating him with fucking wind sticks and shit. <laughs> Cry, yeah. damn it! <laughs> the only thing that I can think of is this is is if this is also blending over into like uh like motion capture. Uh, but they don't say anything maybe. about that anywhere else. Like this is about voice acting, so I don't yeah, know. I was gonna what, say, I mean, I the know. voice actors guild, you know. I don't know what a stunt coordinator for a f- dangerous physical performance for voice acting entails, but that really just. That really stood out to me. I, I really want to know what that means. Yeah, that's uh, interesting, at least. Maybe we'll never find out. I think that's all the news we got. Unless you have anything else, Jay, we'll move on to our games. No, um, yeah, I'm just kind of biding time till BlizzCon to hear all the classic remakes, hopefully. <laughs> Seriously, you, you might be you might be disappointed. I'm not saying you will. Be. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. If I'm disappointed, you'll. I'm done. I'm just gonna kill myself. So it doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> end of the podcast. End of me. <laughs> uh, what are you looking for to be? Everything. I mean, there, there's good luck. Is, no, good luck so, on that one. So there's rumors this is the year of Diablo. So there's rumors they're gonna remake Diablo 2, which I'm not super excited about personally. I'm just kind of happy for you know, kind of gamers in general because this is. Diablo 2, I mean, I'm sure you're aware, is an incredibly popular game and oh, yeah. was for the longest time. And then you have the potential of a new Warcraft game. You have the remake of potentially WoW um, and the remake of StarCraft 1, which I love StarCraft 1. I love how difficult Brood War was in terms of campaign, especially in comparison to the StarCraft 2 expansions or StarCraft 2 games. So, I mean, pretty much every title they have that's new or that's old, sorry, I'm expecting something. And the rest of them I don't care about, so... I, I'm going to say, if they make a remake of every old Blizzard game, that w- I will give you $300. Not they... every old game. So, uh, so Warcraft 1, 2, 3, I don't expect anything. Warcraft 4 is, is potentially what I'm excited for. Vanilla WoW is what I'm excited for. Remake of Brood War and Diablo 2. If Bro- those Bro- four Bro- things happen... Brood War uh, and... So you think you want all four of those things to happen, or just one of the four? I want one of them to happen, but I'm pretty sure at least two of them are going to happen. You think two of those will happen? Absolutely. They okay. have nothing else right. to talk about this year. Okay. What, unless they're going to announce another new IP. You also have set, set, six or seven major IPs. One, two, three, four, five, six major IPs. Yeah. That's fucking insane. 
It's not. Yeah. That's not really insane. With how successful each one of them is doing it now, minus like maybe StarCraft. I don't know. Well, with how I mean, maybe with how they have a relatively low number of IPs for a studio. Yeah, what I'm saying is though they have amazing. I they have five. Let's say five incredibly popular and. Oh yeah, IPs. sure. Yeah, definitely. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Low yeah, number, if, but very successful. Yeah, if you're going like quantity, like quality over quantity, yeah. absolutely. Like they've got five absolutely killer franchises, or five or six, or whatever it is. Um. That's not a lot, but for the quality that they have in all those, yeah, they've, they, they, that's what Blizzard is good at is like really focusing their efforts on a few things and usually turning out something really, really good. Yeah. I, I doubt they'll announce a new IP this year. I'd be really surprised. You doubt what? They'll announce a new IP. The only thing they could no. announce is probably like what, an RTS? I... A new RTS. I mean, StarCraft's done. I mean, they're, they finished the StarCraft 2. I don't think they're going to announce StarCraft three. No, definitely not StarCraft three. Yeah. Um, I, I could see, I could see a new Warcraft. Yeah, that would be like how smart of a transition you do Warcraft one, two, three, Frozen Throne, StarCraft one, StarCraft two, Warcraft four. Like, are you kidding me? Is are they for sure going to announce something new? Uh, if they <laughs> don't, they're going to disappoint a lot of people because they just came out with Overwatch not even a year ago. You know, like not yep. even that long ago. Yeah, but I mean, they usually announce something, like, if something well, major true. hasn't been announced for an IP, they usually announce something for that specific IP. That's that's what I'm saying. So, like, Diablo hasn't heard shit since Reaper Souls. And I guess that also, community needs something. whatever they announce probably won't be out for, like, two or three years. So If it's a new IP, yes. If it's a re- if it's uh, in addition to an old IP, I would not, ex- not be surprised to see Warcraft 4 done in... Like quarter three of next year at, at the earliest. Like I would not. Ooh, be surprised. I don't know. I don't think so. If they've been working on it for a while, I would not be surprised. I don't see them making that announcement that close because they like to. Blizzard announces things way ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is their lead developer just left. Was it WoW or Diablo? And he went to. So he said, "I'm going down the hall." The fuck is he doing? Like, what what project are they having him work on at this point? Is I don't know. I hadn't heard. I what I want to know. That. I don't know about that. Uh, we'll see. When is, when is when's BlizzCon? Uh, November fifth. Are you going? So I actually have that Thursday and Friday off. I might go, but probably not. I just kind of want. I'm probably gonna actually buy a virtual ticket, which I make fun of everyone for doing, and just <laughs> sit at home and just fucking watch the announcements. Okay. So yeah, I will definitely talk about it when after. If there's new shit. Sweet. Or you just won't hear anything. I'll just open my mic. You'll be like, hey, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, Jay, how you doing? You'll just hear a gunshot. And... <laughs> All right. That'll be the end of that. Or like comatose drooling. Yeah. <sighs> Why don't we talk about some games? Let's do it. I'm going to let you go first so I can give my throat a rest. It's a little bit scratchy. All right, let's do it. Uh, so for this week, um, as requested or suggested... Um, I played Onimusha Warlords for PS2, which came out in 2001 um, by Capcom, and this game is really fucking cool. It was, it's, and it's funny because like every time I've played it so far, I've literally thought this is Resident Evil, and you're playing as a samurai. Nice. That's literally what I thought, and and what's, I'm reading the synopsis, and it says right here, uh, the series uh, series originates in. 
the, the idea to create a ninja version of Capcom's own 1996 Resident Evil. Where's that from? Where are you, where are you reading that from? <laughs> I'm reading on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> so you uh, you play as the, the main character's name is Samonosuke, and you play as him like 90% of the game, and then you play as a girl as well. That she, she's just kind of a sub character. She has like you know some some interesting parts, but nothing nothing too crazy. So the game is Resident Evil, but you're like a, a samurai. Uh, there's a lot of puzzles, a lot of fighting. Um, the combat is is really intricate. It's actually pretty fucking fun. So um, in Resident Evil, you know how the movement is where you can dash backwards really quickly, but you kind of walk forward slowly. That kind of concept. I didn't know you could dash backwards quickly in Resident okay. Evil. So, but I yeah, know, that, that's kind of the tank controls. So, you know, um, Zelda, you know how, like, in, in, in let's talk about the Zelda games. Usually, when you watch people speedrun it, they dash backwards the entire time because yeah. walking forward is just kind of slow. It's that kind of concept. So, you there's a back backwards. dash in Resident Evil. I thought there was. Am I thinking? Let's see. I, I thought there was. There may be. I mean, it doesn't seem right. like. Anyway, so I let's just use the Zelda remember. reference because I know that for sure. Okay. I know that for sure. Or like so, Castlevania um, and stuff like that. Yeah, same, same kind of uh, idea. So um, this 2001 PS2 uh, 3D game where essentially every time you walk into a room, enemies will spawn. Uh, usually, unless you've like cleared the enemies out, you'll have to walk a couple rooms away to trigger enemies to respawn. You don't, for the most part, have to kill enemies in order to progress. So you can kind of skip them. They will hit you if you're moving. Okay. Um, so you, you move around. Uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, puzzles. So uh, it kind of the Resident Evil aspect where you'll get to a door and it'll say, okay, you have half the fragment. You need to go find the other half the fragment. So right. you don't do a bunch of stuff, come back, get the fragment, open that door, go in, there's another thing you need, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. So you're like, you're progressing section through section through section. But there are other limitations and there are a lot of secrets in this game. So uh, just to kind of jump back a little bit. So the, the fighting, the, the gameplay. So um, PS2 controller, the general idea is you obviously have your, your general move concepts. R1 is like this poise kind of get ready to fight stance and you can you can um, strafe, you can kind of leap left or right to avoid getting struck by things. Uh, you can also do powerful swings while you're in this position, but you're extremely vulnerable. L1 is block, or it might be vice versa, but uh, L1 is block and you can block, I would say 80% of abilities. Mini bosses and bosses usually have some way to either hit you to a point where your character kind of loses their stance and then they hit you again. Or they will just completely go through your block. Like staggers uh, you, kind of? Yeah, kind of staggers you, exactly. And so uh, mostly bosses, you have to avoid their attacks by either strafing left or right or dashing backwards. And the the poise to fight kind of stance I was talking about, there's some kind of ranged-ish abilities where you can kind of take your, your weapon and lance it at them. So you can use medium-ranged abilities. You can get in close range. Uh, you also have a bow, which the bow is kind of garbage and really hard to aim. It's just not that great of an ability. Um the other control thing, the, the, this is kind of the, the Resident Evil aspect of, so you can dash backwards, you can walk forward, but to move side to side for the most part, you have to turn and then move. Turn and then move. So if you're like caught in a corner or there's like a guy in front of you and behind you, it's kind of hard to avoid getting hit So that's where the, that's where the tank controls come into play. Is that Okay, that yeah, like, that would make sense. That sounds like what you're describing. Are you talking about how you uh, like... How you like are standing there, and then you have to hold one button for him to turn the direction yep, you want to face. Move. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so one thing's kind of when you're blocking. So let's say you are facing north, and somebody's coming up behind. Or direction doesn't matter, but let's say you're just facing a direction, and you're blocking, and somebody comes up behind you, hits you. Your character turns around and blocks at the same time. Oh, okay. just really kind of kind of weird. That's, um, that sounds like a Ninja Gaiden. You could do that. 
Yeah, the only thing you can't block is arrows doing that, so you have to be careful. So if you're fighting a guy, like let's say you're beating somebody up and then somebody comes up behind you, if you just block, you turn and block that guy, and then the other guy, hit, the first guy hits you, you turn and block him as well. Yeah, that's how it is in Ninja, in Ninja Gaiden. In Ninja Gaiden uh, on Xbox, there were parts where there would be like 100 guys attacking you all at once, and as long as you hold the block button, like all you have to you're do is hold the block. You're just blocking everything. <laughs> you just block everything, yeah. Uh, so the other, the other com commands. Um, so let's see, what else is there? Um, I'm trying to think. So, uh, triangle is use your. So you have mana. Uh, your. So let's talk about the weapons. So there's three weapons. There is a green weapon, a blue weapon, and a red weapon. And the hold on, hold on. I don't know if you said this, but you're like a samurai, right? Yes, okay. that's what I said. I said for it's, okay. it's like okay. Resident Evil, but you're a samurai. Okay. Yeah. So the green weapon is fast, and it's a. It, have you seen Chrono Cross the weapon? No. The. Okay, so I think they're called. Uh, oh, you're Chrono... talking about the Buster Sword. Nope. Chrono. Cross weapon. I don't know what they're called. Let me see. It's like the weapon. It's like a polearm, or it's like a staff with two blades on each end. What is that called? Um, I don't know if there's a real name for that, but I, I got I got what you're saying. Okay, so that that is the weapon with the green one, and it's fast. Uh, uh very very, which is really fun. Uh, there's a lot of movement with it, so you can use it. You can kind of use your combos to evade and hit, or to avoid getting hit. But it hits very, very weakly. So if you're fighting, um, when you're fighting medium bosses and bosses, it's hard to stagger them. And you can also stagger opponents. So the same kind of concept where they're hitting you and forcing your character to get off balance. You can do the same thing to them if you hit them hard enough, if you hit them fast enough, if you're frequent enough. So the green weapon's kind of hard to do that. But it has a lot of mobility and it, it you move very, very quickly. The red weapon is very slow. It is a two-handed sword. Um, it's just very heavy. Oh, and they each have elements, sorry. So the green one is wind, the red one is fire, and the blue one is lightning. Um, so the, the green one, its special ability is it creates a vortex around you and just kind of blows everybody up. It just does a shit ton of damage. Um, and it uses mana. So the second one is the red one is a two-handed slow weapon. Very fucking slow. So if there's a lot of guys around you, you do not want to use it. If there's a lot of, like, really weak kind of fast-paced guys using the red weapon is very dangerous because you will constantly get hit but when you hit them they hit the floor and you just completely just annihilate them uh the the blue weapon is lightning so oh i'm sorry let me go back to the the red special ability so the special ability for the red weapon you do like this overhead swing with both the ha hands and you strike the ground and it just shoots out fire and it obliterates everything like the Sick. fire damage is insane yeah so then the lightning one uh is kind of medium uh, it has some good ranged ability as it's i would say it's a medium range weapon uh it has some pretty powerful abilities it's not super fast but it, it hits pretty hard as well its ability is um and this is the only one you cannot accidentally use which is kind of interesting the other two you can just use on command and whatever this one you sort of thrust forward and it does like this like jolt of lightning and if it connects to a mob you just do this wicked kind of like on the slash combo with lightning and it just strikes everybody around you nice a lot of damage really cool so there's three different weapons again the green one is wind red one is fire blue one is is lightning um, so the other thing is you I, I forgot about this too so when you do the the r1 poise where you can kind of do some kind of intricate abilities you can also press uh back or down and you can kick them so you can kick them away from you so if you're like fighting one guy and some guys come up behind you you could turn and kick him away and kind of stagger him and like tell him to fuck off for a second and then unload <laughs> on the other guy also sometimes if you kick them at the right times you can knock them to the ground when enemies are on the ground you can walk over to them use the r1 kind of stance thing and just thrust your sword into them and finish them off. It doesn't necessarily one-hit. Uh, it one-hits weak demons, medium demons. It'll usually get them low. You can do it twice if you keep them on the ground. Um, 
but that is a very good strategy because there's a lot of times where I'll go into a room, there'll be three guys. I'll walk over, kick one of them, turn and burn one of them as hard as I can, and then stab him and stab him while he's on the ground and finish him off and then go after the other guy. Okay. Pretty cool. That sounds pretty so, uh, yep. So triangle is your power attacks. Square is just kind of like your spam. You have you can do a bunch of combos. Each weapon has its own sort of combos. Uh, circle. So this is where your gauntlet comes in. So your character has a gauntlet that matches whatever color you're using. So if you're using green, green, blue, red, red etc. You can drain souls of your opponents when you kill them. And they drop three different types of souls. Yellow, blue, or green. Oh, I'm sorry. Yellow, blue, or red. Uh, yellow is health. Blue is mana. Red is soul power. Or I, I think I don't know the actual name of it. So obviously the first two are pretty self-explanatory. Mana allows you to do special abilities. Um, but when you drain soul power, you it's essentially um, sort of like experience. <clears throat> it fills up this gauge, this red bar underneath your character's portrait. And when the bar reaches the full, it gets a counter of one. And you can just kind of fill it up until two, three, four. <clears throat> and then when you go to save points, you can enhance your weapons using these points. Each weapon has their own enhancement tree. So your sword can be leveled um, up to three times, and each time you level your weapon, it gets new abilities and hits harder. Or it gets a newer combo, rather. Uh, so you can level each one of your weapons individually. So if you're like, I really like playing with the green wind weapon. Great. You can just put all your points in that, and your other weapons will be absolute garbage. Not garbage, but they're just not as powerful. The other thing is, each one of them has a gauntlet that you can level up. And the gauntlets... From what I've seen so far, I don't think it has any other effect other than allowing you to find secret areas. And this gets kind of okay. weird, but so you can level each weapon, red, blue, green. Well, hold on real quick. On the When you're leveling weapons, is it when you like get a new weapon, are they like clearly better than the other ones or is it kind of just different yes. styles? Okay. So, it, they look completely different and they do a lot more damage. So it's not, I think the combos are different. Okay. So it's not just like, oh, I prefer this weapon over this one. Like they're, they're actually better. Um, yeah, more or less. Okay. Do you have um, to, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go ahead and spend the points to upgrade this one or yep. wait on the next I one? usually wait. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. I'll kind of wait and see what's going on. But the gauntlets are the, the important part. So the gauntlets, either the, each each sword has their own gauntlet piece that you can level up as well. So each weapon has two components that you can level up. So there's six in total. Um, when you level the gauntlets, it allows you to open these extra doors, So which is kind of bizarre. But you'll go to these doors, and they'll have three, they'll have, like, one two or three locks on them matching the color of that gauntlet so it might be three socket green so you need to level your gauntlet up, your green gauntlet up to three times before you can open the door sounds kind of weird it is kind of frustrating at times it's to limit your progression as well okay um but as you progress through the game you pretty much level oh you max out all your weapons anyways i'm at the point where all my weapons are maxed all my gauntlets are maxed and i'm, I'm pretty close to the end of the game as well um with the extra experience points you can level up arrows to fire arrows you can level up I've gotten ammunition, but I haven't used it yet. I don't know how to get a gun. I don't know if you can. But that's another thing you can level. And then you can level healing items. So you find herbs. Uh, you find medicine. Herbs are a weaker healing item. Medicine's a higher healing item. You can use your experience points to convert the herbs into the medicine. Actually pretty useful because you do run out of healing items. Um, Storyline, it's very, it's not that good. It's just kind of like you're this guy, you're helping rescue this princess from demons. The demons are trying to use her to sacrifice, to do something evil. That's kind of the general consensus of it. Um, and you just kind of progress through the game. The chick I was talking about that, that sort of joins you for a while, she comes in and out. She, You get to play as her at one part, and it seems almost like an afterthought. It is, you play her, she doesn't have any special abilities, so she doesn't have a mana bar. She does. When you kill mobs, they drop nothing. 
not even health. They do nothing useful for you whatsoever. Yeah. So she just has a life bar. She has um, those kunai throwing knives, which are really hard to aim. So it's complete garbage. She's very squishy. But she's very fast, and they did a really good job of her combat abilities, which I was really surprised. I've only played her for probably 30 minutes of like the 15 hours I played the game. And she is she is such an intricate combat system. Incredibly fast. Has very similar capabilities of being able to kick enemies, stab them while they're down. But she's much more mobile, and she does more um, acrobatic type stuff where you can like do combos and then jump behind them, grab them by the throat, and slit their throat, and they just fall to the ground. And you can like combo this stuff, and she's so mobile, and it's really smooth. And I was like, why the fuck did they invest this much coding and development into a character that's like... And maybe I get to play as her again soon, but I, I, I don't see where it could come in because I'm very, very close to the end of the game. So, yeah, um, yeah combat system is really fun. Um, cleaving mobs is just so fucking fun. There's a variety of different mobs, too. This is great. So level one mobs are just kind of these dinky guys with swords or bows. Usually they're swords early on. Whatever. They're fine. There's these other demons that kind of look like Ramus from League of Legends. They they are like these yellow kind of creatures that have these red spikes. And they'll like punch and hit you. And they have swords. And then they will randomly just like roll into you. And it's <laughs> fucking fun to fight them. Because like if you block them, they will hit you continuously. So your character will kind of like move around a lot. And they're, they're just kind of whatever. Um, the next are kind of like these mid-range demons where like they're these big ass minotaur things and they're really slow and like they'll like take their axe and put it behind them with both their hands and they'll like walk at you and they won't swing it until they get to you and they'll just like slam your head into the ground. Um, they also do this like other ability where like let's say you block and they will like swing their axe 360 all the way around them and swing it into you and you're like okay I blocked it no big deal but then they'll follow it up with a second like joust kind of motion with their with the halberd and just dismantle <laughs> you to the floor and it's nice. like oh it's it's really fun so there's like mobs like that so there's there's a good variety um and then there's these really annoying mobs so when you kill it when you kill the, the mobs right they drop these souls i was talking about the the healing mana and experience orbs and they just kind of float there and if you don't drain them if you don't absorb them into your gauntlet fast enough they will dissipate they just kind of float off into space there are these mobs that are these floating blue creatures and they are just their design is just a bunch of skulls facing outward in a circular motion with an eye on it and it's, they're kind of cool looking what they do is they will absorb the souls before you can so what they so when you kill a mob they'll drive they'll grab the souls and pull it into themselves and they will just do that over and over and over. so if you kill like a mini boss and like a fuck ton of experience pops out they'll pull it into them and they will fly around and avoid you and then uh, eventually after they're they've absorbed enough souls they will start spinning really quick and they'll teleport out of the area so you'll lose all that experience permanently oh that sucks yeah, it's it's really fun though, because like you'll right. go into rooms and you hear them and you're like, oh fuck these guys! Like I, <laughs> I can already hear them. Um, overall, the the fighting is really fun. The first boss was incredibly fun. I used to get I used to get really frustrated. I actually didn't know you could kill this guy early on. Uh, most of the bosses have been pretty cool in terms of difficulty, where you can avoid kind of like Dark Souls. You can avoid right. getting hit if you are very good. If you're really good, consistent about dodging their attacks, they usually have some sort of tell when they're going to do certain abilities, so you can avoid them, either by blocking or parrying or just completely avoiding. Some of the other bosses I fought were a little more frustrating, and it was okay. They, they were just kind of annoying, and I just kind of blew all my mana and just, just tried to kill them as soon as possible. So this is supposed to be a horror game, and it okay. is pretty horrifying at times. I was not, wondering about not, that. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's sort of the Resident Evil. There's there's not too much jumping. I, I did get startled at one part because there are these breakable. There's some objects that can be destroyed, and this mob jumped out of it and just hit me and scared the <laughs> shit out of me. So there's been a couple instances of that. And then the main villain that they've shown so far is really freaky. He's he has like this really eerie voice. I don't know how to describe it, but he almost sounds like comical, but like just kind of sociopathic. And his design, he's like. It's almost like a uh, fleshless skull. So, like, he's got like, he's got a face. His eyes are like protruding a little bit, and his entire skull is encoded in like the, in, in muscle. Cool. And then his body—I oh, okay. I don't even—I don't what? even know how to okay. describe his you. body. It's like this. So it's I, like I skinless. Just, it's like a skinless head. Yeah, more or less. It kind of looks like. Yeah, yeah. That—that's the best way to describe it. But his voice is what's so eerie. And when you first meet him, you walk into this room, and he's like dissecting this body, and he's just like ripping out organs, and oh, he's like. Damn. He's like kind of just like jokingly talking about like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, what does this do? Like, it's like he's <laughs> never seen the inside of a human before, and he's like, oh, this is interesting. And then you like talk to him, and he's like talking shit to you, and you're like, well, I'm gonna just fuck you up. And he's like, eh, how about you mess with my experiment first? And the thing he was operating on just kind of gets up and starts coming at you, and you're like, <laughs> what? And it, it's funny enough because that thing you fight, which is sort of a mini boss at the time, becomes a, a constant bad guy. And what it is, it's like this headless. Uh, humanoid creature with tentacles for arms and legs and it is really weird so it has a, a variety of attacks so the first one is it kind of just throws its tentacle uh it like extends its tentacle at you and like hits you whatever if you try to run from him he will dig his tentacle in the ground and grab you by the legs and start pulling you towards him or just keep you in place and just beat the shit out of you <sighs> then when you actually get in range of them they're not too bad you just fuck them up but when you kill them they split in two so you have two so then you kill another one and then it splits in two so now you have like four or three and it and it only happens twice but the first time it happened to me, i'm like oh god is this just gonna keep happening like you know the the fucking hydra from hercules <laughs> where i'm just gonna keep killing this thing and it's just gonna keep getting worse and worse so that was pretty cool um the the gauntlet on your arm is actually a pretty visually cool uh so it's like you know a gauntlet across your arm and as you upgrade it it gets kind of shinier and bigger but the actual orb matches your sword so if you're using the the wind weapon it's green you know blue etc okay but what's funny about it it randomly blinks and it's really visually cool like it'll just randomly just start blinking and you're like what it doesn't mean anything no it doesn't mean anything it's just blinking just because it's just (laughs) a visual effect that's cool um some other things that are kind of random so the save points uh the first save point of the game you notice that there's like this extra like pathway that that kind of leads away away from where you came from and you walk over there and this dude just drops from the ceiling hanging upside down from a rope and he looks like i I don't even know like he looks like a disney character but he's like (laughs) wrapped in like leaves with like those japanese um pieces of paper that are that are usually used to like ward off things you know what I'm talking about? Like they put them on like houses to prevent. I've only seen them in like fictional stories. I'm, I'm trying to think what they're called. You're not like... talking about dream catchers, are you? No, no. It's like a white piece of paper with with writing on it, and like they put it on things to like. I'm trying to think what they're. Called. I don't think I've ever seen whatever it is you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so he he's like wrapped in like the, these leaves, and he's hanging upside down, and he's got this. He's a short dude, and he's just got his mustache. He's got this really big mustache, and it's funny because you know he's hanging upside down, so his mustache is drooping to the floor, but like the opposite of a normal mustache. And he just kind of like looks at you, and he and it's like your character's like, I think this will be useful later. Like, okay, like all right. Yeah, so I finally figured out what he's for. There's actually multiple instances of him throughout the game, and what he's for is, like, you can talk to him, and he sends you to this demon world where it's, like, this 
I don't know if it's an infinite castle, but like you fight your way to the top of this castle. So you like you fight a wave of mobs and then you go to the next floor and the mobs get harder and harder and harder. I have not beat it. The mobs are really fucking tough and you do not get healing from what I've seen so far. Um, it's really good for grinding, but I will probably end up doing it at some point just to see how far I can go into it. Uh-huh. But the room's not big enough to to really have a good fight. It's kind of clo- enclosed and like kind of small. So if you're fighting some of the more difficult demons where you want to kite them around and, and set up on them, you really can't do it. So okay. I don't know how far I'll be able to make it in there. Uh, what else? Dialogue's pretty generic, very kind of cringy at times. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The uh, um, It sounds like a kind of like a badass version of Resident Evil from how you're describing it. Yeah, it, it's it's really fun. I mean, the puzzles, there's a lot of puzzles. So, um, Are they as bad as the Resident Evil puzzles? Bad how? Like tedious, like, oh, I found a rock over here, now let me backtrack 45 screens and put it in a door. No, they, they, they limit it by section, which is really nice. So, like, okay. you'll get into a section where you'll be, like, on the first floor of the castle, right? And you'll need this item to go do it. So that'll be on the first floor. And then you'll okay. get it, go to the second floor. And then it's like, oh, that doesn't, okay. sound, that doesn't sound too bad. I haven't had to backtrack too much. There's a little bit of it for sure. But it's usually like there's there will be doors where your character will be like, I can't go in here yet. I better remember this place. And you're like, okay, I better remember that. And then like later in the game, you'll be like, oh, I can go through the west gate of the corridor. And you're like, oh, okay, I know where that was. That was the one area I couldn't go through. Okay. Like it's not, That's not super. Too bad. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's not it's not as annoying in that aspect. <clears throat> Most of the puzzles are like you'll have like a number sequence and you'll have to rotate them to line up the sequences properly, or you'll have to find these hidden books throughout the game that translate certain things into symbols. That's what I was talking about with those like the nipple and the window and stuff, <laughs> that weird stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, and so like as you find these books, you can use them to translate to get bonus uh, treasure chests, which is kind of cool. So if you like are exploring a lot. Um, you'll find these books which allow you to get bonus treasure essentially. Um, oh, some of the other stuff. So this was, this is funny. So, so some of the easier puzzles were like you have to pull levers in a specific order, and it's just a matter of repeating it until you figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was this room which I still don't understand how it works. You walk in the room and you have the chick with you, and there are X's and O's on certain platforms. It's like a, it's like a ten by five uh, tile set room. Okay. And so like you walk on X. And then a bunch of tiles will, will disappear. So then you play as the chick. And then you move to a, a, a another... Oh, you, you go to a plus sign. The two two uh, symbols are either an X or a plus sign, which is kind of stupid. But And then, oh, shit, you hit the wrong one, and the platform falls underneath, underneath Semizosuke, and he falls to his death, and you lose. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I had to do it like 15 or 20 times, and I still... Uh-huh. to this I, I don't understand how to get through it. It was just a matter of... Oh, you never, I guess, like... Fun. You couldn't, so it wasn't clear. I couldn't like, understand the puzzle. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it was just a matter of, of doing it a number of times to figure it out. Um, I hate puzzles like that. Yeah, it, it, and um, this was this was something really annoying. So this was one of my my, my least favorite parts. So the fighting's really fun. So you, you're 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 you know it, it's kind of like the exciting part of the game when you are in a zone and and, and each zone has multiple the kind of the Resident Evil aspect where there's multiple screens. If you know what I mean, like. If you move to the left, it might jump the screen to the left. You know what I mean? Like, there's different like transition screen transitions in the in one zone. Does uh, that make sense? Are you talking about like I'm not sure if I I know what I, like what I'm thinking of is like the camera transitions. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
and like, so like, like let's a, say you're like a different there. a different viewpoint and all that kind of yes. stuff okay. okay yes and so you can't pan the camera at all it's it's fixed right. so if you're like let's say you're fighting a guy and he swings at you and hits you he can push you into another camera transition and then you cannot see him because he's off screen or it will just completely fuck your world up like the the camera transitions are really annoying and specifically one of the bosses i fought you're on a rooftop and there's like four oh, different camera no. transitions yeah and they're all from different angles so like it's just obnoxious and you cannot get a gauge point of where he is and this is what i was talking about before where i was like trying to trying to beat him in like a really cool way like avoid his attacks and hit him and i just got so frustrated with the camera camera angles and transitions that i just said fuck it and i just blew all my mana and killed him yeah i was just getting so frustrated with it that is probably the the most frustrating and disappointing aspect of it mm-hmm. um but the, the game's really fun. It's it's really really fun. I played it a lot as a kid. Uh, I bought I played the demo. Oh, I didn't know you had played it before. Yeah, I had a, a long time ago. So I played the demo, and this is fun. So demos when they came out uh, with the PS2, the PS2 initially did not come with a fucking memory card. So yeah. we would rent or play the demo, and we didn't have a memory card. So we didn't have to leave the game on until we were going to play again, or start over from the beginning. And I played from the <laughs> beginning so many times. It's pretty fun. That that so. I had forgotten about that the uh, I, oh I, I guess I mean I didn't forget about that but I never really thought about how the PlayStation Two well I guess the PlayStation One also those were the two only those were the two consoles that didn't have that had memory well no I, I guess I'm making stuff up now because Nintendo sixty four also had memory cards but couldn't store so anything. did the GameCube yeah and the GameCube okay yeah never mind so yeah, there's a lot of them but yeah so that was that was pretty fun. Um, oh, the other thing, the music was really good. It was really good. It was, it was. I was like oh, really, really surprised. It was like, oh my god. So the the game about halfway through transitions to like this real dark, twisted, like shit all over the walls and bodies and like their souls floating around, and it gets real creepy, but still kind of like you almost feel motivated and like you want to succeed and like it, it, it the music was really, really good and it transitions well from zone to zone and it, it just was all around really, really good. I was, I was impressed with how good the music was for this kind of game. This is not a game that I would look at and go, I expect the soundtracks to be on this game. I expected them to be really simplistic and just like, you know, kind of upbeat and, and, you know, focused on fighting. No, it was really, really good. And nice. just, a variety of tracks, a variety of emotions that it kind of pushes out in you. Like some of you like feel kind of sad or creeped out, but other times you feel like aggressive and you just want to just, you know, fuck ass and, and just kill things. Uh huh. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool though. Really fun game. I, I'm definitely going to play the rest of the series. You've, you kind of sold me on it. Like, and I really want to check this out now. Yeah. It's a, uh, it sounds like they did like all the elements of the game that they, like kind of included in the game, you know, so it's got combat, a little bit of puzzles and then horror elements. It sounds like they did a good job on everything that they were trying to do with the game. Like as opposed to, as opposed to resident evil, where it's got good horror elements, good cinematic stuff, but like the combat for instance is absolute shit. It's like, you got to make sure you're pointing the exact right direction with the tank controls and then shoot your gun. And then, Oh shit, it turns out, Oh, you've only got two bullets. So now you can't even do that anymore. Yeah. Whereas this one, the combat sounds really good. The horror elements sound really cool. The cinematics sound pretty awesome. Yeah, the the cutscenes were. There was a couple cutscenes and there were whatever. The dialogue is really cringy at times. But is it yeah. a translation issue? Uh probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Like the 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 lip sync obviously is not perfect. Uh-huh. Um, but the the yeah, there's some definite like just really cringy. Like you're on the floor. Like ah, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, you made this sound like a pretty. Like it I, was really fun. This is one of the mo- this is one of the most fun games I've played in a while. Yeah, like I can tell just by the way you're describing it. You sound like <laughs> legitimately excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited to play. I'm excited to see how they improved on it too. Like if they keep the same elements and just kind of fix the combat, fix the screen transitions, and a couple of minor like things. Oh my and god! Stuff? Yeah, like yeah. I would be so excited because there's they've made one as recent as 2012. So, and I think they're making another one from what I'm reading here too. Nice. Well, pretty badass. That's Onimusha for you. I yeah. really want... It probably will be a very long time before I get around to it, but I really want to... Oh, yeah, knowing thing. you? Yeah. <laughs> oh! Oh, shit! I peeped so. Look who's here. A random it, Blake. Who is it? We're already done, dude. Holy shit. I'd believe that, yeah. <laughs> well, you would be wrong to believe that. Dude, oh, nope. you missed you missed our intro music. You want to hear it? Oh, no, play it, no, no, just play it again for him. Here we play go. Oh, All right. shit, I haven't gotten to hear that yet. Here, I'm, I'm, so this is going to, the quality is going to sound terrible because I'm playing it just from my computer into the microphone. Okay. But here, here's our intro music. <laughs> what the hell is this? Oh, that's wait, Oh, I didn't hear the end part. The coin. You got. I'm saving the end for the end. So, okay. at the for end the of the end. podcast, Ooh, saucy. So you like it, Blake? What's, what's your? What's the uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. That's fucking killer. Wait until you hear our email segment music. Oh, you will God. actually shit your pants. <laughs> Jay, I'm not lying, am I? Jay, where are you? Jay, Jay, where'd you go? Jay, Hi. tell me, uh, Blake is actually going to shit his pants when he hears the email music. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I don't know if I want to hear that. But, <laughs> but, but also, by the way, Love listeners, uh, at the end of the podcast, please listen to the end of the music because it goes on for a little bit longer and there's a badass little ba-ding coin sound at the end that mm-hmm. just like it's brings nice. it all together. It's, it's pretty sick. So stay around for that. And uh, and I'm stay really stay listen. <laughs> stay a while and listen. And also, I'm super fucking hyped to get to the email segment. Blake, in a what do you while. think of the uh, Nintendo Switch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nintendo Switch is interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm not like super pumped about it because I don't give a shit about mobile gaming or wow. Uh, you were like, like the exact gaming, opposite right? of us. You were literally yeah. the exact opposite of yeah. I, like I don't leave much. My job is here. I'm literally sitting at where my job is right now. So. I, I I just never get out of the house that much. It's a cool idea. Of, like I respect it as a, di- I, and a as an idea for other people, but for me personally, it doesn't add anything. I'm just excited because it's a new Nintendo console, and we will be getting new Nintendo games. We'll be get, mm. we'll be get, seeing um, new Mario, probably maybe a new Smash Brothers, uh, new Mario Kart, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, I mean, we already know the new Zelda. That's going to be on Wii U as well. So should be. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it should is. be. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's cool, but yeah. I think it looks... I can understand what you're saying, though. Like, if if you don't have a need for a, a for a, you know, a mobile device of some sort, then... Yeah, a big I'm, part of the draw. You lose a big part of it. That is there. part of it. It's not like it's a bad, a bad thing, though. I prefer Nintendo systems generally. No, no, yeah. 
So I'm still excited for it for that reason. And it seems like they're doing like a super solid job of like what they're trying to do. Like there's nothing like it, you could like it's not what I was saying earlier. We're kind of retrading here a little bit, but it's not like based on a gimmick. It's like it's very different, but it's different for like all very legitimately good reasons. Yeah, this looks like what the Wii U really should have been. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, with the Wii U portable screen that you could take maybe two feet away from the console. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. I completely forgot about that. Like, basically it's no farther. there, but nobody <laughs> fucking uses it because it sucks. The most that I have gotten out of the Wii U tablet is using it while watching movies. There was actually this really cool thing. Uh, Zarian and I were watching, or Beck and I, I can call her by her real name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I literally ended my stream five minutes ago. So. Wow. Um, so Beck and I were watching one of the newer Bond movies, and, like, I, I looked at the screen, and I was like, who's that guy? And then on the tablet, I could, like, tap a thing and go to, uh, IMDB immediately, because, like, it was streaming it off of the oh, Wii U. Oh, that's pretty sick. That's and so it had, like, a cast list on the tablet, and I was like, oh, hey, that guy, that's who I was wondering about. What have I seen him in? So that's really cool, but for other uses? And, and, yeah, like, that's such a niche use, that's funny. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with games specifically. That's why I kind of write it off. That's the control you give your little brother. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Okay, yeah, so anyway, sounds like we're all fairly excited about the... uh, Me me and Jay maybe slightly more, but we're all all on board at least with the concept of the uh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they seem to be doing a thousand percent job, better job of marketing it this time. Yeah, everybody has had very. Po- I don't think I've heard anybody say anything negative about it, so they're doing a good job, I guess. I saw like one person on Twitter be like, "Nintendo, if I wanted a handheld console, I'd just go buy a 3DS or something like that." Yeah, I. That's the only thing I would expect. It's not anybody a handheld. I mean, it is, but it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Exactly. It, it is, but it's really not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully. Right. We don't exactly know how it's going to turn out, but I'm assuming that it is being designed as a console first and then as a console with the ability to be mobile second. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like, and that's what I'm hoping as well. So anyway, we'll see we'll see how things go, but I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'll go ahead and go second. Jay just finished his game, Blake, and then you want to talk about yours after me. Jay, what'd you play? Onimusha. Oh, that's right, yeah. It was stupid fun, dude. <laughs> it's really fucking fun. I've never gotten to play that game myself, but I've always heard really good things about it. Dude, Think Resident t- Evil, but you're a samurai. He talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like Resident Evil slash Devil May Cry, kind of. Yep. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the stuff you were describing reminded me of Devil May Cry. Um, He talked about it as long as I talked about like Metal Gear Solid games. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. nuts. Uh, you guys yes. have been going in today. <laughs> We've been going in, so it sounds pretty badass. So the game I played was King's Quest VI. Ooh. Um, and in my playthrough of King's Quest VI, it's, well, the full title is King's Quest VI, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow. Oh. I get it because he's a king. Yep. He's a prince, technically. But whatever. Came out oh, in 19... what the fuck ever. 1992, it is a point-and-click adventure game made by Sierra. And guess what happened? I got 80% through with the game, and then got to a point where I didn't have an item that I needed. 
<laughs> that was basically no fucking hidden in like the first 45 minutes of the game. And so I couldn't progress any farther. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. Is that oh, su- does that surprise you? God. <laughs> well, like it, it, for a Sierra game, no. But for, for that type of RPG or that type of game, I guess it's not RPG, but that type of game, that does the a little bit. Sierra games, that's what they do. That's that's a Sierra oh game. Oh my god. Um, to give you cancer? I was yes. I was promised that King's Quest Six. So I played King's Quest Five. You probably remember, probably about a year ago, and I raged probably almost like second hardest that I've raged about a game yet. Obviously, uh, Kingdom Hearts being first. And I was promised that King's Quest Six is much better than King's Quest Five, and I will say. That that is indeed true. King's Quest Six is much better than King's Quest Five, but it still has serious, serious problems. King's Quest Five was absolutely like fucking absurd. The ways you would get trapped in dead end scenarios, or you know, or or encounter death states. King's Quest Six has plenty of that, as evidenced by my playthrough of it, but. Not nearly as many, and they're not quite as ridiculous. It's not, oh, there's a cat chasing a mouse. Oh, I didn't throw my shoe at it, so now my game's over. Now my game's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> God. That's not an exaggeration, is it? No, it is not an exaggeration. Uh, that is very literal. Very literal. So, 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 King's Quest Six. you are a prince. You're looking for your princess who, like, has kind of vanished, and she's somewhere else, and you don't know where she is. You find out that she's in this area where these there, there are these three islands. The Isle of the Crown, the Isle of Wonder, and the Isle of the Beast. So you get a ship, and you head out there. Your ship crashes on the way, but you make it to the island safely anyway. And you gotta start looking for her. You find out that she's in this castle, and she's supposed to get married to some dude. And so you're trying to, of course, rescue her. Um... And from there, it's a pretty typical adventure RPG. You're going around, solving little puzzles here and there. The problem... Well, there are lots of problems, but... With the gameplay itself, it's, like I said, typical RPG stuff. You're finding uh, items to put in your inventory, and then going around, using them in various ways to get past obstacles, get past stumbling blocks, things that are keeping you from progressing through the game. The the problem there is that a lot of the obstacles are actually kind of cool and interesting and neat, but very little, if any story, very, very little, I'll say there's some story, actually progresses throughout the game. It's not like, oh, I got to this point and now the story goes in this direction and then I got here and now the story escalates. It's all just, you're here, the princess is in the castle. You're trying to get past all this shit so you can save her. Nothing like there's no dramatic things that happen there and there, here and there. The story doesn't progress in any way. It's just you're trying to get from A to point B, and there's a lot of shit in your way. Um, there are some cool things though. So like, there's the different islands on the Isle of Wonder. There's uh, especially that one is it's kind of modeled after Alice in Wonderland in a lot of ways. There's a lot of like unique, interesting things. When you first get there, uh, this particularly isn't really reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland, but just kind of the whole island in general is. When you first get there, there are these five sort of like dwarfish guys that come up to you. And one of them, and they each represent uh, the five senses. So one guy has a big ass nose, 
One guy has huge eyes. One guy has big ears. One guy has huge hands for feeling. And they are... You have to convince them that you're not a human. Because if they find out you're a human, then they, like, toss you in the water and you're dead. So, like... First, the guy with hands comes up, and he's like, "Well, I gotta feel you to see if you're a human." So you gotta like put out some object. Oh yeah, this part. You actually know about that? I I think I watched a playthrough of this. Okay. From else. So then, like the and then like if you fool him, then the guy with the nose comes up, and you gotta give him something to smell, so he can't smell that you're a human, and so on and so forth. So like stuff like that's kind of kind of fun and kind of neat. It's a, it's a it's a it's a neat idea. Then there are. Little, like, plays on words throughout a lot of the game. Like, there's iceberg lettuce that's actually a piece of ice that you have to use, and that helps you, like, when you pick that up, that's uh, something that you use for a puzzle. I can appreciate this. Later on in the game. There are bees in this one part, and they're around, like, this big pile of books and stuff, and they're spelling bees. Uh, uh, so the game's really punny, then? <laughs> there's also the uh, the guards... Uh, outside the castle and inside the castle once you get to that point of the game where the princess is the guards are uh, anthropomorphized dogs so they're guard dogs oh sorry that one took me a second it's, I know it's, okay it's cool. I got it sorry thanks for the painting okay, at, at one point you pick up a word it's literally a word that's floating in the water and then you have to combine it with something later on and uh, the thing that you combine it with is this little dude, this little animal that's like hanging from his tail, for, like from a tree. You know what he is? Uh, I don't know. He's a dangling modifier. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> okay, this is getting cringy now. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, usually, it, it, it's actually not as lame. As it sounds, it's, it's kind of fun just seeing these little things here and there. So there are cool touches like that. There's some cool visuals here and there. But again, <laughs> no story unravels while you're playing through this. So I became bored with a lot of it. Um, there are There is one point... Well, actually, I'll come back to that in a second because I'm going to have to pull up something to read it off to you. I'll go, back, I'll go over some other things. There are deaths, of course, in this game, as there are in, I believe, all of the Sierra point-and-click adventure games. Some of them are very stupid. I'll go over those in a second. There are places where you'll literally walk into an area, and then you die because you walked into this area. And you can't do anything about it. It's not a puzzle. It's just like, oh, you walked into this place. You shouldn't have done that. Now you're fucking dead. There are... Um, another big problem with the game, which is also a problem with many of the Sierra games, whereas there's not a good indication of the things that you can pick up. Whereas in the LucasArts games, when you hover your cursor over something, it'll, it'll like show the word of it. If it's something that you can pick up, it'll like the word for that. It'll like describe it at the bottom of the screen. It'll say like door. If you hover over a door, if it's something that you can do with and, or at least something where it will light up or something along those lines. There's nothing like that in the Sierra games. You're you're doing that, but also if the, also there are times where there's an item that you're supposed to get, but it might blend in very well with the environment. So you can't even see that there's something that you're supposed to pick up. (laughs) And that kind of fucked me on 
several puzzles because like I didn't have this item that I needed to have. So I couldn't figure out where to, you know, like what I was supposed to do. And turns out I'm supposed to pick up this like little fucking tomato that's like brown and takes up like five pixels and blends in with the grass around it. And so you just don't see things that you're supposed to get. That's really annoying when you get to stuff like that. Uh, there's also some weird kind of arbitrary stuff that's just like, there's just one part where there's, you read this piece of paper and you're trying to pick it up and the guy's like, well, there's no reason to pick that up. But then like okay. in a little chest right next to it, there's a piece of paper that you can pick up. And it's like, why didn't, I mean, I understand. Why put that there? Yeah. Why put that there? Like I can like come up with the better reason that I can pick up one of these things and not the other. I mean, that's, that's a thing that that adventure games do. It's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't have any reason for, to pick up that. And that's fine. But don't then put another piece of paper literally in the same room. Yeah. And then have let me purpose. pick it up. Right. Yeah, create a purpose for it. Like, yeah. Don't just do it just to do it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's weird stuff like that. There is voice acting in this one. Um, the voice acting in King's quest five was absolutely fucking horrible. The voice acting in this one is actually pretty good for the most part. It gets there are some parts where it's kind of bad, but uh, for the most part, it's like they. It sounds like they actually got voice actors this time, and so they're on strike. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we were talking about that earlier, Blake. There's a voice actor strike going on right now. But, oh, is there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, oh, and by the way, I was I was I just found this a minute ago. If you want to find out more information on it, I just found out. I just found this website, GameActorsForAll.com, is apparently where the Game Actors Guild is kind of keeping people posted on what's going on with the strike. So, head over there if you want for more information, because I'm not all that uh, informed on the process, uh, or on the on this on the on the topic rather. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, seeing what other things I need to go over besides this one sequence. I think that's most of it. Um, so besides uh, one other thing I wanted to get. Oh, okay. So along with the voice acting, there's also narration and it's like voiced over. It's like voiceover narration and okay. it doesn't sound bad, but the guy narrates every fucking thing you do in the game and it gets really annoying. He'll be like, you'll go uh, like pick up like a nail on the wall, like take, take a nail off the wall. And he'll be like, Alexander walks over to take the nail off the wall. I'm like, thanks, dude. I couldn't tell that just because I told him to do that and then watched him go over and do it. And then you'll like click to read a piece of paper. He's like, Alexander picks up the piece of paper. Stop. That's creepy. That voice is creeping me out so (laughs) hard. That's the way the guy sounds. Oh, and Alexander's voice is like, like I said, the voice acting isn't bad, but (laughs) the main character's voice, he like is really over romanticized. So he'll be, he'll like walk into like a store, for instance. It'll be like, Hello, kind shopkeeper. Oh, no. Do you mind if I take a look at your wares? Oh, or like, God. There's like this one girl that you have to talk to at one point, and he's like, Hello, kind lady. I know somebody who you, who would love to speak with you. Would you take a moment of your time to come over and blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever. Oh, my God. So that is a little bit, uh, that's a little bit silly sounding. Then there's the catacombs. So there's one part where you are in these catacombs and you're trying to find this dude's daughter who's trapped in there. The problem is that the catacombs also, there's a minotaur in there. So you're basically, 
uh, well, one of the problems is that there's a minotaur in there. The other problem is that it's a fucking maze. And there's no, like, clues onto what the right directions to go. There's no hidden map or anything anywhere. It's pure trial and error. These are the fucking worst in basically any game, but especially in point-and-click adventure games. What makes them even worse is, well, two things, actually. One, the ridiculous length of catacombs, which I'm going to just read out to you in a few minutes whenever I can find uh, a very easy-to-read walkthrough. But also, there are rooms where you literally walk into a room and you die. (laughs) Just like some of the other areas that I was talking about earlier. It's like, he'll walk into a room and it's like, Alexander, like, of course, the narrator comes over. He's like, Alexander all of a sudden realizes there's nothing beneath his feet. And it's like he walked into a big giant hole and then he falls and dies. It's like, could you not? First of all, that's fucking stupid. Second of all, could he not see through the doorway that there was nothing? Before walking in? Yeah, before walking in. Because it's not like. Open the door. Oh, nope, nope, nope. It's not even. He doesn't even open a door. It's an open archway that you're walking through. So if you go in the wrong one, and they're all over the place too. So you walk into the wrong ones and he just dies. So that's obviously pretty fucking terrible. Um, I'm trying to find a very succinct version of the catacombs. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, God. This is the sequence that you have to go through to get through the catacombs. Okay, now keep in mind... This is the 100% correct sequence, assuming you don't take any wrong turns, of which there are probably, uh, there are dozens, at least. There are literally dozens of us. Um, Keep your clothes on. You like it better that way. (laughs) Here's the sequence, again, assuming you do them 100% correctly. This is how you get through the catacombs. North, north, east, east. North, get the skull on the floor. South, west, west, north, west, uh, north, southwest, southwest, uh, north, north, southwest, west, north, 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 west, west, east, east, south, east, use this, do that, east, east, north, east, uh, west, 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 south, south, east, uh, do this and do that, west, west, South, south, east, south, east, east, north, east, north, north. I could do that off memory right now. How many rooms was that? <laughs> mm, probably 40. 30? Probably like 40 or, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's the catacombs. I got, I actually got halfway through that on my own before I was like, fuck this. And, uh, you know, of course pulled up a guide. Just by trial and error or what? Yeah, like actually through trial and error. I got halfway through all that. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. So you, do you die if you go off the correct path? Uh, no, sometimes you just come to a dead end. Okay. Sometimes you die. It just depends That's on really what the game do- feels like throwing at you at that point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's what I got to say about King's Quest VI. It's... Cool, I'm glad you're liking it. <laughs> it's... Once again... Even in all of it, with all of its flaws, it is like without a doubt a million times better than King's Quest V. But it is, I still do not consider it a good game by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, I don't like it. So, is it? Are there any more King's Quest games? Yeah, there's King's yeah. Quest Seven, and I think that's the last one. Are you gonna play? 
probably eventually just just cuz you know just to finish it yeah yeah just to finish it just to because now i'm like now i gotta see is king's quest 7 also terrible yeah i'm sure it probably fucking is um <laughs> looks like king's quest 7 came out in 94 the princeless bride yeah oh yeah and then okay there is an eighth one called king's quest it's the only one that's not numbered, apparently. King's Quest Mask of Eternity. Um, this this one is, according to Wikipedia, this one is a hybrid point-and-click adventure and action adventure. The first and only game in the main series where the main character is neither King Graham nor a member of his family. Also first to use a 3D engine. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, so there's an eighth one. But it sounds like it's kind of like a departure from the main series. So, King's Quest Six. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. So I like my game. You didn't like your game. Blake? I play. I'm going to talk about two games, even though this is already going pretty long. Oh, I'm damn. Try to keep these fairly short. Uh, I play two Final Fantasy games. One of them is not retro, but it's the one I'm going to be talking about more. Okay. Uh, that'll be Final Fantasy Thirteen. But first, the game that I finished, quote finished. Right before jumping on here to do the podcast, I was playing Final Fantasy XI. Oh, wow! The MMO? Yep. They just shut down all the servers you're playing on private No, server? they didn't. They I shut down they the just... console servers. Oh! Wait, they still that. have the servers up for that? Yeah. I thought they, they were like... They fee for the servers that are up for that. I thought those were long gone. No. The console ones just went down last year. Yeah. Damn! The console ones are that's gone, a, that's... but the... The computer servers are still up and running. I got I mean, They're wow. actually they're repurposing the ser- the game for a mobile platform. Repurposing what? They're turning FF. They're making FF11 mobile or whatever the hell they're going to call it. How's That's that going to happen? I have no idea what they're planning. Probably... but I've heard that it's okay. Regardless of regardless of anyway, however yeah. regardless of how that turns out, I gotta I gotta hand it to Square for keeping those servers up. That's. That's pretty. I on the server that I jumped on, and this is only one of the servers. I kept doing a search all function to see how many people were on at any one time, and uh, it went from six hundred some when I first got on up to nine hundred, and then the last time I checked before I logged off, it was over a thousand people logged on. What the fuck? That is really impressive. Yeah, I was shocked that there were that many. I thought it to be a few hundred. For that particular server. And then, I mean, the other servers have their own thing going on. So that uh, that caught me off, caught me off guard pretty hard. Um, they have changed a lot with that game since I last played it. The last time I played it, they have uh, had like nine different expansions come out since then. Oh, really? Uh, I Yeah, I was last playing when right when Blue Mages were introduced, which was the Treasures of Ot-Ergon expansion, I think which was the second expansion for the game and the first one that we got here in the States. We actually got uh, Final Fantasy XI about a year and a half or two years after its initial release in Japan. And it came out in 2002 in Japan and 2004 in North America. And I started playing it in 2004 with me and a couple of my friends. And a few of them got really, really obsessed with it and started doing some of the high-end content at the time eventually. 
Meanwhile, I didn't feel like sitting in fucking Juno waiting for a party for two hours. <laughs> that so was I kind of said that this game is retarded, and I'd rather do something <laughs> else. After, I ended up getting up to around level 45 before I completely quit the game finally because it was a terrible slog of a grind. That's pretty and high, I right? Very punishing. A year or two, something like that. And uh, that's as far as I got because the party system was a pain in the ass. It was a game. There were literally link shells back in the day. It was the it was EverQuest syndrome, where there would be link shells, which are the guilds or the clans of the game. And in their recruitment thing, they'd be like, "Must be online twelve to sixteen hours a day." Damn. Yeah, this shit was dumb. I distanced myself very, myself very hard from that game. I had actually come from playing EverQuest, and I played it for a few months. And I understood the game, the design of the MMO that they were going for. And then Eleven did a lot of the same ideas. So when it launched, it had um, like just the extreme punishing gameplay. So Negative if you experience. die, yep. yeah, like if you die, you would lose experience. It Seriously. was ne- oh, yeah, lose, um, you would lose ten percent of a level if you died. Yeah, and I there that. are times like at the low levels where if dying is common because you're playing with a bunch of people that don't know what the hell they're doing <laughs> in these big zones like you're you're in your party because you have to be partied up to accomplish anything in the game and then these these other groups are doing their own thing often in the slightly different section and they're around your same level but they're stupid they don't know what the hell they're doing they've never played the game before and so they'll screw up and they'll get a big mob train of about 15 goblins and they'll take that train <laughs> of goblins all the way back to a zone line. Yep. So they'll cross the zone line, and then they'll not be in that zone anymore, so the enemies can't target them. So everybody else at that zone line has to deal with the fallout of that situation. <laughs> I just remember thinking back remember to... Uh, this, specifically, anybody that's played the game, Vulcrum Dunes. You know exactly the zone I'm talking about. And uh, this was the level 10 to 20-ish zo- uh, leveling area. Was that uh, like the inside the caves? Um, some of it had caves. Okay. I think but it was, was... A, it was a giant desert. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. fight crabs, you'd fight, uh, fly, big dragonflies, pretty much. You'd fight, uh, skeletons at night and all this shit. And now, what they've done with the game, they've changed a lot of stuff. Apparently, it's still at the very high end to get the high end shit done. There is, like, a hardcore group there that you need to be playing, like, you actually need a party to get all this shit done. But they have moved the game away from that extremely over-the-top stupid punishment punishment shit and away from the forced party mechanics. And nowadays, you can actually... I didn't get to do test this one out too much on my own, but I've... <clears throat> excuse me. I've heard that you can, like, solo enemies now, but I don't know if I was misinterpreting something I said because as I was playing with a few of my friends today, we did... There's this thing called trust groups or trusts things something about trust and what you can do is you can summon npcs that come out and do specific jobs for you you can have a paladin npc you can have a white mage npc and all this shit and these guys will come along and fill in these roles for your team and i think you can go out have a full party of five of these npcs and level up any job that you want uh for example if you want to know how fast we were leveling up today how crazy it is now I started a brand new character, and I went from level 1 to 31 <laughs> in about 6 hours. 
That is more leveling that I would than I would be able to do in a fucking month when that game launched. So this was crazy. And uh, another one of the things you remember uh, notorious monsters like the rare spawns that would have a rare drop. I don't. This was uh, one of the things that people would do that you had to spend hours playing the game to get the gear for. Is that you had to sit in specific areas and wait for a specific monster to spawn, and there's all sorts of these monsters all oh, over. Oh, actually, the world. actually, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay, you probably remember uh, Leaping Lizzie, maybe. Uh, li- yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we were in Volcrum Dunes, and a rare monster there called the Emperor Fly or something like that was actually up, and we were only about level twenty at the time. And we were like, all right, he's a he's a tough fight, but let's go ahead and try it anyway. So we go over there, and we get him down to about 5% health left, and we just cannot close the deal. We just cannot connect and land a couple of blows to finish him off. And so our the tank NPC dies, and we're like, oh, shit, this is it. We're about to wipe. And we finally, finally managed to get a handful of hits in. Like two hits is all it took. And so he dies, and he ends up dropping the rare item that he has on him, which is which back in my day, back when the uh, R&Ms were all over the fucking place because they, uh, the money sellers, if you don't know what that means, it's just money sellers, pieces of shit, ruining the game economy. Uh, the, this up. thing would sell for like one or two million gil. And very few things sold for that much. This was one of the better items in the game for a very long time. Uh, And we ended up getting it as just a rare drop. And at this moment, a part of me was like, holy shit, I kind of want to keep playing the game because I've got this really rare item now. And what if I go around and I farm up some of these other rare items that I was never able to get when I did play the game? And then I thought, why the fuck would I want to do that? (laughs) I never want to play it again. It was <laughs> what they've done with the game. It was fun because I was hanging out with a few friends and we were dicking around and it wasn't like we we needed to worry about farming this shit. We didn't need to worry about having totally competent team members and all this shit. We didn't need to worry about playing perfectly. It was just us hanging out, chilling and having a fun time. I don't, when I thought that, I was like, why would I want to turn the game back into the very thing that I hated so much? Uh, so even though you can get on the game and farm up those rare spawns now and do all that shit, uh, and you can level so much faster than before, everything is so much more simplified now, I still don't want to go back to playing that game ever. Um, it, it was nice for me as a one-off to go back and re-experience, but no more than that. Interesting. So you had a lot of fun with it, but you don't want to get roped back in. Yeah, there. I had fun playing with the people that I was playing with, but gotcha. I know that we're not going to sit there and play it for six hours a day <laughs> every day of the week or every <laughs> other day of the week or anything like that. There's no, no fucking point in that. Right. Um, so, yeah. 11, I like where it's at now, but uh, I don't like it enough to want to play it. Especially okay. pay to play it. The fact that you still that oh, they still yeah. have their servers. <laughs> oh, wow. Their, their servers, <laughs> you still have to pay a monthly subscription. And the way that they do it, you pay twelve dollars, eleven or twelve dollars for a subscription, and then for every character slot, you have to pay an extra dollar. So oh, is that to, new? to get access, no, they've had that since before I quit, even so, over a decade ago. Oh, okay. So to play the game, you need to pay at least thirteen dollars a month, I think. 
for a game that is that old. And I'm, I, I, uh, uh, man. Yeah. That's a very dated system. <laughs> Extremely. And well, it, it was like so weird to go back to it and to kind of relearn how macros worked in that game and setting them up and oh, all yeah. that shit so that you could just quick use your abilities and all that. It was very, it, it took me back in a way that I was not prepared for. <laughs> In a way that I was not entirely comfortable with. <laughs> Alright, so the other game that I've played now, uh, closing out my Final Fantasy so- saga oh God. that we have uh, been having. <laughs> Here we go. I'll try to make this one but... relatively short as well. Um, I really am interested in hearing this. It's going to be an interesting one. I played Final Fantasy 13, and for the first time in my life, I beat it. Wow. How many times did you hit the A button? Uh, you have <laughs> no idea how frustrating this was. So, alright, so this game, what I like about it is that it does try a lot of new things, and I like a lot of the things that it tries to do. I like the ideas that they try. I like a lot of the RPGs that try different things with the genre. One of the reasons I like Star Ocean 2, for example, is because it's different from your normal JRPG, where you've got your menu system, you've got this team sitting over here, and you've got the enemies on the other side, and you sit there and you duke it out until one of you is dead. Uh, Star Ocean 2 and the Tales series in general take the JRPG system, and it gives you an active 3D environment that you move around in, and uh, I like that kind of shit. I like seeing different things being done with the genre. So I really like the ideas that 13 tries to use. Um, The paradigm system is actually interesting, switching from a different set of roles in a fight and even early game (laughs) having your Crystarium limited so that your power is limited so that you have to try to outthink some of the fights, that you have to try to outskill them. It's basically an attempt to introduce skill into a Final Fantasy game. And I appreciate it for that. I like the Paradigm System. Unfortunately, the Paradigm System has a slew of problems uh, where it completely fucks things up. For one, it's I don't know what it is. I can't exactly explain why it's so boring to me. But, uh, for example, when you're queuing up attacks, so the way this game works is you've got your ATB bar, but each a- your ATB is cut into sections. So you'll have, uh, at the beginning of the game, you have three different sections to your ATB, and every action uh, uses up one of those gauges, or some of the abilities that you'll use use up multiple parts of an ATB gauge. So, for example, later in the game, when you get your ultimate abilities for each character, they require five ATB bars to charge up and use. So that uses up your entire bar there. You can't do anything else on that turn. Or you can have five separate single target attacks or whatever other attacks that you're using. Uh, There are some abilities that use two bars and some abilities that use three. I don't know what it is, though, but when I go into my menu, like, auto battle is shit because the AI is shit, but that's a different problem that I'll get to in a minute. So the auto battle is bad. So what you have to do is you have to scroll down to your abilities list and select the abilities you want to use from there. The abilities list is extremely cluttered depending on which class you are. Uh, for example, if you're a Ravager, which is kind of like a spell blade combined with a ra- uh, Black Mage. So it's got uh, magic-based elemental attacks and it has uh, physical-based elemental attacks. And with that class, as you may have gathered, you can have like 10, 12, 15 abilities, something insane like that, that you have to scroll through to get to the one ability that you want because the the AI is too stupid to use it. 
So uh, I'll touch briefly on the AI here. Let's say, for example, you're going up against an enemy that has no elemental weaknesses. You'll, if you do auto battle, your auto as a ravager, your auto battle will queue up a fire spell from long range, and then you'll run in for a air or a thunder strike or a spark strike, excuse me, and then you'll hop back to throw another spell at him, like a thunder, and then you'll jump back in to do a fire strike. And for the efficiency problem, this com- this just wrecks your efficiency. The AI is too stupid to understand that this character's attack is high enough that they should be focusing on just doing basic physical attacks because A, it'll be better spent uh, time-wise, and B, they're doing like 100 more damage per physical attack, which at the end of the game, 100 damage doesn't end up being that much, but early game, if you're trying to like get through the fights as fast as possible and do them as well as you can because there are star ratings for the battles, then you want the game to be doing it efficiently. Unfortunately, ra- things like the Ravager class uh, completely shit all over this idea, thanks to the auto battle aspect. Uh, just the AI is so frustratingly bad. The other time the AI is really bad is with the Synergist and Debuff uh, roles. Synergist and Saboteur. Synergist is the buff class. Saboteur is the debuff class. And Synergist will sit there and focus on... Again, this goes back to the whole thing about them not knowing when, oh, I want to focus on physical damage right now. They will buff you up with every single spell on an individual target before they move on and start buffing (laughs) the next target. So your main character, they'll use haste on everybody if they have haste. Everybody will be hasted. And then it'll look at the character that you're controlling, and it'll give them, for example, bravery and faith. Bravery ups your physical damage. Faith ups your magic damage. I don't need both of those stats on me. (laughs) I need you to give me one, and then I need you to buff up the next motherfucker so that we can switch over to a paradigm that's actually effective at killing the son of a bitch. (sighs) AI boys. All right. So the other problem with the paradigm system, that's the quick and dirty summary of why the AI is so piss-fucking-awful in this game. The other problem with the paradigm system is that when you switch to the other roles, your characters like to shove their thumbs up their asses and do nice anime poses. Oh, yeah, every time. Every fucking time. Yeah. They, the yeah, first it's... time you switch in every battle, they do a very drawn-out anime pose, which is really yep. dumb. <laughs> the set, from then on, though, it's not as bad. It's much shorter, but the first time you do it in every fight, you're sitting there for probably four seconds while they do these poses. Mind you, you do these several times during certain battles, too. Yeah. And so uh, later on in the fights, it's the paradigm shift ends up being much faster most of the time. Probably like a second, but it can still get in the way of efficiency. Um, and the biggest problem with this is that you need to be getting these heals off sometimes. You are switching over to a new paradigm with a healing class because you're like, oh shit, my HP just dropped. I got to get us healed up really quick. And then your characters are like, check it out. I can arch my back really hard. <laughs> you're like, bitch, knock it off and heal me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I remember this being the really frustrating. The the thing is, like, if if there weren't so many fucking battles, it would not be nearly as bad. And it's the fact that there's the number of battles there are. A lot of just pointless, dumb battles that get in the way. Exactly, and like it's a Final Fantasy game, so like that's a weird thing to complain about. But yeah, exactly. With this game, it's like it just does not translate well. Like it's just there is such a problem with uh, flow with the game, and it, it. fucking pisses me off because i went into it being like i like with final fantasy 8 and final fantasy 9 which i trashed i went into this with an open mind and at the beginning of the game 
I could not give a shit less about any of the characters, and I was like, all right, but the battle system is kind of cool. Unfortunately, the game gives you literally a 20-plus hour tutorial before you get to bring your entire team together and actually have any real control over them. So it takes 20 hours at least. And it took me over 20 hours, skipping quite a few of the cutscenes. What do you think of the characters? I'm actually really curious where your thoughts are. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. So it takes you 20 hours to get through the tutorial. And then you finally get your team together before fighting the basically main boss of the game, the main antagonist. And the most frustrating part about this is that I get why they have, why, what they're doing with the tutorial up to that point. The problem is it takes 20 hours to get there. What they do is that they section your party off to uh, like groups of two almost all the time. You never get yeah, a full party of three. This. The party, the maximum party in the game is three people. But for most of it, up until you get to Grand Pulse, or a little bit before then, I should say, you only have two people in your party. And the game is designed around having three people in the party. So there will be so many times where you have to switch your paradigm over to a setup that is very, very, very suboptimal for the fight because there's no son of a bitch that can fill in the role that you need them to be filling in. <laughs> You're just screwed. You're sitting there with like a, uh, someone that's buffing and someone that's doing heals because you can't do anything else right then. That's the only thing you can do to survive through that phase of the fight. And it gets really, really, really boring having to do that so damn often. Um, so this goes on for like 20 hours. And the best part is, the best part of this is that there are a few points in the game where you will have someone, uh, someone extra on your team. You'll have like four people on your team. And you, Jay, you unmuted and undid your headphones. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you'll have four people on your team. Now you might remember that I said that your party your, your actual battle party is composed of three people. You can't choose to swap the fourth guy in if you want to do a different set of classes for your team. <laughs> you have no control over this. The fourth guy is just there with his head in the fucking sand. You can't control him at all. He's just following you around going, Yay, I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> no team. Why the fuck is he there if I can't use him at all? He's there for the story purposes. <laughs> Fine, let him be in the battle team as well. There's no reason for that. It's fucking stupid. Uh, the characters thing I'll get to in a second. What was the other thing I wanted to <laughs> complain about with this? There was one final thing. Um, the Crystarium for leveling up is really shit. It's basically, the sphere grid is simple enough as it is. There's a lot of illusion of choice. I don't know what it was playing through Final Fantasy X when I would boot up the sphere grid. I was like, all right, cool, I'm leveling up. This feels good. In Final Fantasy XIII, the Crystarium is a simplified version of the Sphere Grid, even. It's even more oh, low-key no. than what the Sphere Grid was. And it is, it's basically a, an actual straight line at all times. What there is it at least? The, I mean, is it, is it at least not trying to seem like it's more complicated like the Sphere Grid kind of did? Um, uh, yeah, it's basically there to be pretty. Okay. It's like literally, it's you go into a section of your menu that's just like the sphere grid. You go into a section there, and then uh, each individual character has their own crystarium. The crystariums don't cross over whatsoever. So you go into the crystarium, and what you do is you 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 spend your experience points, and you go in a straight line to the next uh, upgrade. And on a rare occasion, there will be a small section off of one of your upgrades that will lead to 
one or two or th maybe three more upgrades that are more expensive than the parts around the rest of the Crystarium that you're at at that point. They're basically there as like, oh, hey, you've got some extra Crystarium points. Go ahead and buy a few extra stats now. And it's uh, just... It's such a boring as hell lame way of leveling up. I'd rather like just have a level system. Like a literal level system yeah. where I go from 1 to 99. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the levels? The, I because they want it because it's it's not flashy enough. It's not pretty. Um, right. if you go look up a picture of the Crystarium, anybody out there, uh, Google Crystarium, check out images and look at it. It's literally there just to be pretty. I think I can't see any more reason to it than that. Okay. Um, the classes themselves. I don't really have anything to say about that. There was one other thing about like the early game and your party being split up. Um, I mean, it's a big tutorial to make you be like, hey, look, this is what you can do with these two characters and with this set of classes and so on and so forth. Um, it's it's just awful. It's a complete slog to get through this part. And then you want to know the worst part? Everybody says, <laughs> okay. oh, no, no, the real game starts 20 hours in. Right. And all right, fine. You know what? Great. Except the real game <laughs> still isn't fucking fun. <laughs> I, I knew that uh, Becca's sitting next to me, laughing her ass off at that too. Yeah. I knew, I had obviously heard the complaint about it being like so linear, and like Jay was saying, you just mash X or whatever the whole entire game. But it sounds like there are a lot more problems. Even yeah, besides like the that. problem is the, the combat itself has some problems that I wanted to get past, but they're very, very, very apparent. I like that they tried to do some new things, but their execution is some of the worst I've ever seen. Um, and this isn't just true of the combat. The combat and the growth have the problems. The story and the characters are probably actually worse. Yeah. Oh, the characters. I'm just trying to think of any character. You know what? I actually like Vanille. Everybody hates Vanille. Which, which one's Vanille? Uh, the one that's doing most of the narrating. The fake accent? Yeah. Well, not fake. I mean... Well, her, made up accent. Her accent changes constantly. Yeah. Because... I mean, it's a fault on her, and it's also a fault on the voice director. <laughs> yeah, they like he just never told her to retake these scenes. So to explain to people out there, <laughs> she is um, the person voicing Vanille was an Australian soap opera actress, and then she got into doing voice acting. I think this was actually her first gig as a voice actress, and she goes from having a like an American esque accent, and then sometimes she'll just slip into her Australian accent. And nobody seemed to notice that during the recording sesh. I don't know how this made it, it out of so a triple A title like this. Times. It's super strange. And I mean, yeah. for me, whatever, it doesn't bother me that much. I can see why it would annoy people. But I, she's the best character in the game. She has the best characterization because they actually do stuff with her. She's the one doing the majority of the narrating throughout the game. And because of that, they are actually able to develop her in a way that is... Interesting. Whereas the rest of the cast is shit. I like the black guy. I like the black guy. Yeah, Saz was the only other person on yeah. the. I really like. He's a really um, good story. I thought. Yeah. It, it doesn't get developed as well as it probably should. Uh, Jesus. Or could maybe, but it's it's there at least. Uh, he he feels human. He feels like an interesting character. Oh, Authentic than most of them. Yeah. 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 And so the thing with Vanille is uh, the one scene that comes up to me is funny enough. Uh, her and Saz spend a lot of the time together, and there's this one scene where they're in the rain, and he's sitting on a bench under uh, like an alcove. Like he's got something above him. They're at a bus stop, something somewhere, and she feels bad because his son has been turned into a lassie because of what Vanille and her friend Fang have done. 
And so to not, but she hasn't let anybody know about her and Fang's past yet. So he's sitting there lamenting his son, going, Oh my God, he's a Lassie. He's going to turn into a crystal. I can't believe this is happening to my son. Who would make this happen? Damn the Pulse Lassie, basically. And v- Fang and Vanille are from Pulse, and you're living in Cocoon. Everybody else is in Cocoon. And so you, uh, she, like, to try and hide the fact that she's very upset about this, she runs out into the rain and starts pretending that she's laughing to try and cover up her tears. That's what you do when you start laughing. She doesn't want him to see her crying. Well, she's like, hey, we're going to be okay. Something like that, you know? So, um, like, there's a lot of interesting stuff actually going on with her character. I like that uh, because she's doing all this monologue stuff. She's the one telling you sort of the background of the story. Uh, one of the other things that I do like about the story is the the idea of the data log. Uh, Jay, you'll remember in Final Fantasy Tactics, if you highlighted any node on the map and hit select, you got some backstory for that area. Yep. Just a little snippet. Just It's a cool little backstory thing. It's just <laughs> a way to build up the lore of the world. You know, so in Tactics, you'll highlight an area and you'll get a little bit of information about it. Like, oh, there was a battle here 50 years ago where this guy stabbed this guy and this guy was a traitor. Or this this well-known wizard was first taught at this school. Just little shit like that that's really nice. Um, and 13 sort of almost does that. So when I first played the game, there's this thing called the data log. And as you're going through the game, more information pops up in the data log. It's where you get your monster dictionary information. So <laughs> wow, you, you like paused for a second there, and all I heard was you say, this is where you get your monster dick. <laughs> <laughs> what is with your tech issues? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I I didn't, no, no. You, you didn't lag out. Though, like, you like did a like, split-second pause between dick and chinary. All right, if you say so. You anyway, get your monster okay. dictionary. Dictionary, uh... So it's where you go to find all the information about the monsters, but you also get information about the world, which is kind of cool. I like that. Except all the information in there means less than fuck all. You, I guess what pisses <laughs> right. me off so much about this is that there's this... They develop the, the world of Cocoon so much, and it amounts to absolutely fucking nothing. They will give you a backstory on one of the characters that is a high-ranking officer in the Cocoon military, and literally, you will find that character in the next cutscene. A smoke grenade will get thrown down. The man, the guy's soldiers will panic, and the, his soldiers will shoot him. And that's him. That's it for the rest of the story for him. Oh, okay. After they go through all this information in the data log of like <laughs> he was he was promoted because of doing this action, blah 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 blah, all this <laughs> dumb stuff. It means absolutely nothing. It's just a person, it's just a face that's in your way for you to walk over and get to the next story moment, because all the story moments, Cocoon means absolutely nothing. All of the world of Cocoon means shit all, and they pretend that it does, and that pisses me off. Instead, Mm -hmm. the story is focused on some of the most unlikable cast of characters since Neon Genesis Evangelion. No one on this cast except for Saz and Vanille, for me, are likable. What's yeah, I, I actually don't remember. And then the main character is the most cringy, teenage, almost wannabe angst, just... She, like... <sighs> uh, she's supposed to be female cloud, which I think is part of the reason... Yeah. Uh, and I use yeah, this term actually, yeah. loosely yeah, okay. here. Uh, this is part of the reason that retards like to say that cloud is emo, because they don't... They just straight up don't know any better, because they compare it to lightning, and lightning is the, quote, female cloud. 
it's the one of the worst arguments. And uh, with her, it fits somewhat. She's a moody little bitch a lot of the game. And then later on, you get down to Grand Pulse, and she's like, hey, sorry, I was a dick. And that's that's the character development there. It goes into it goes a little bit deeper than that, but not much worse. There's very little. Like for the first like while of the story, you're like, oh, I kind of want to see how this character's gonna develop. Nothing, literally nothing. Uh, the rest of the cast, we've got uh, Saz. We've touched on briefly. He's an older guy. I think he's forty or in his forties, and he's I got a that. son. And his son has been turned into a human monster for lack okay. of a better term be by the gods of their world and uh i gotta go back to lightning we'll just talk <laughs> about lightning and hope oh. lightning and hope get together for a while hope's mom dies because mom his mom goes moms are tough and then she takes a gun and she falls off of a highway <laughs> and snow tries to catch her tries to save her he's got her by the hand and then she slips out of his hand and she dies so hope's mom dies and hope's watch hope watches this happen and hope's like snow killed my mom and it's like how fucking stupid are you fucking kid <laughs> this is his motivation for the first 10 or more <laughs> hours of the game i'm not kidding and i'll talk about that more in just a second that's no, okay the point where the game almost gets its story together, but then it just loses it entirely, <laughs> is during a scene with Lightning and Hope, they're going through like a processing plant or something. So you're riding these floating platforms around, and you see one of the Falsi. And from now on, I'm going to refer to Falsi as gods, because that's what they are for this universe. Okay. Think of them as like the Greek pantheon of gods. They have human emotions, they have uh, their own drive, and so on and so right. forth. They're, they have their own personalities. So you see one of these gods down there, and Lightning, they start talking about how they treat you, all the people of Cocoon, like you are, uh, like your pets, like you're on a leash for them. And so it's got this interesting dynamic of like, okay, the gods are dickheads, and they're using the humans like pawns, why don't we build on that a little bit more and develop that and actually take it seriously? And instead, the rest of the game focuses on of all of the characters, the entire cast being some of the whiniest sons of bitches you can imagine. Uh, they put it this way: they whine so much that at one point, the way that they get their summons uh, for the game is that they whine so badly that the summon comes out and says, "Shut the hell up! I am going to kick your ass." Okay. So the summon battles are super boring. Okay. They, yep, I was going to say that. Purpose to them. The summon battles suck. Uh, they're there as a really awful plot storytelling device of uh, basically when a lassie which is the main characters the gods turn humans into lassie or, or superhumans we'll call them superhumans from now on okay that works. Uh, they the gods turn people into superhumans give them powers so that you so that the superhumans can go out and do the gods bidding and if you screw it up the gods get angry and turn you into a monster and so when the, the superhumans decide, man, this is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore. I hate this. I'm going to do something else entirely. They get attacked by a summon beast. I don't want to hear anymore. No, no, there's plenty more. Trust me. <laughs> Just wait until we get to the ending. For anybody wondering, I'm going to spoil the whole ending because it's so stupid. I need to talk about it. 
<sighs> I'm gonna. I'm probably ranting more than you did about Kingdom Hearts. I think and you are. If this deserves it, okay? that's okay. This deserves it absolutely. This is a uh, this is a safe zone. We're allowed to do that. Here. Hope. All right. We'll we'll go right over to Hope now. We'll go to Hope. <laughs> hope spends <coughs> the first ten or fifteen hours of the game bitching about Snow killing his mom. Hold on. I need some more whiskey. Okay. <laughs> now. Don't get me wrong. I understand that I think he's 13. I understand that a teenager is going to be super upset about his mom dying and he's going to do some <laughs> crazy irrational nonsense. I get that. But at no We've point do I want there. to have to deal with that in a video game. I don't want to have to look at that viewpoint for hours upon hours upon hours and deal with him saying the same whiny shit over and over. And then when him and Lightning are partnered up, Lightning is like, yeah, you know what? You and me are going to kill Snow. And you're just like, what the fuck is actually happening with these people? How are they this <laughs> mental and absolutely stupid? And so a little bit later, Lightning is like, oh, man, I messed up. Look, we're not going to kill him. All right? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have told you that. I was on my period at the time. <laughs> I was pissed off. Jesus. I'm sorry. Like, there, there is such a quick turnaround for her <laughs> character there where she's like, you know what, Operation Nora, we're going to go kill him. That's That starts it. And then by the end of that chapter, she's like, I was wrong! We can't do that! I'm sorry! And it's like, how do you? How, how are you justifying switching it over that fast? You already are put you the wheels dumb? in motion. Can't stop that now. That train's already gone. And going. so Hope is over there like, no! I'm not! I'm going to kill him! You don't understand! <laughs> Whining, emo, bullshit, all the way through. Oh, uh, who who was left on the characters? Snow, who killed Hope's mom. <laughs> that son of a bitch. God, characters. I can't stand him. Yeah, I was going to say, he is even worse. <laughs> well, all right, so uh, I actually can't stand him. Now, I don't think he's worse. He's he's completely insufferable, but Hope is the worst character in the cast. Uh, Hope is the... I kind of like the idea of what they try to do with Hope. They've had... They, or with Snow, excuse me. They have Snow, <laughs> and he's supposed to be this, like... They take the hero tropes and they turn them on their ears. You know, they've got um, this guy that goes around. He wants to save everybody, except he's a big loser who can't save anybody. He sucks. Okay. And then him and Hope get into it later on. And Hope's like, you can't save everybody. And Hope's, or Snow's like, I know. <laughs> Comfortable. Hey, the other oh, thing about that, Robert, Zaz, the black guy, has an afro, and he has a chocobo sitting in his afro. <laughs> oh, like a, a reason that he's wait, the wait, best Is it like a stuffed animal, or is it like a baby chocobo? No, like an actual no, it's a baby, baby chocobo. chocobo. <laughs> yeah. it's that's actually, that's it's actually pretty, pretty awesome. Sam. His hair is like in the shape of a mushroom, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, that's pretty it's sick. A weird shape. Um, pretty awesome. And then the final character, Fang. I don't care about Fang one way or the other. She's boring. Okay. She, she's okay. She is the very middle of the ground characters. Oh my god, that's enough about the. Characters. I, I don't remember anything about these characters in, in a positive light, other than Zaz. Let's let's talk about the story. Oh no! Oh, no! 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 <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? This let's go. Ready? Oh, you're done. Wow. No, that no, was the no. Story. So the story is, uh, like I said, the gods are turning people into superhumans to wage war <laughs> for them, pretty much. And uh, the, there's a very specific reason that the gods are doing some of this stuff. Right? It does sound cool. If they developed it better... Alright, okay, alright. Focus. Okay. Focus. 
<sighs> this is a safe place. This is a safe place. I'm okay. All this yelling is making my chest hurt. Uh, could you get some pills out for me, please? Dude? <laughs> okay. uh, no, I like. I it's been a few hours since I took my Tylenol and ibuprofen. And <laughs> I'm still recovering from my car accident. So, so these aren't heart pills. No. Okay. No. Good. <laughs> um. So the gods are turning people into superhumans to fight for them. And it turns out later you run into one of the, the main antagonists, Bartandalus, and he's like, hey, we want you to destroy Cocoon. And you're like, no, we'll never do that. We would never, ever do that. <laughs> we live there. All the people we like are there. That's where I keep all my stuff. <laughs> and then the game goes on and you keep running into him and you have this conversation three or four different times where he's like, you're going to destroy Cocoon. And you're like, no! <laughs> so then you get down to Grand Pulse. You get down to Grand Pulse and you're walking around and you run into him again and he's like, here's a ship. Take this ship to go up to Cocoon and fulfill your destiny of destroying it. And you're like, no, Emperor Palpatine. Why would I do that? So you go up to Cocoon. Because God forbid you not just ignore this guy also up to this whole point the entire game has basically been your characters um so lightning has a sister i'm gonna swallow these pills real quick yeah i just i was just thinking about that so lightning has a sister by the name of sarah is she hot too because i know lightning's pretty hot whatever she's like 12 Oh, oh, never mind. Yes. I'm seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very hot, Robert. Given that it's Jap- Japan, yes, she's probably okay. <laughs> So Snow, so, all right, so Sarah gets turned into a superhuman. Okay. And her focus, here's the other thing. So the job uh... that the gods give you to do, they don't explain it very well. They just give you some image flashes in your head, and they're like, all right, fuck <laughs> off. Go figure it out yourself. You got it, right? You got that? And so Sarah thinks that her focus was to tell you guys to get the whole group together that you play as in 13 and to be like, hey, don't ruin Cocoon. And then you run into Bartandalus and he's like, that bitch was cray-cray. Her mission was to get you guys together. And so then you're just like, whatever, you're dumb. We don't have to listen to you. We don't have to destroy Cocoon. Because if you do what you're supposed to, what the gods want you to do, they turn you into like a crystal that lives forever and there's like a chance that you'll come back from being a crystal. But no one, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Whatever. That's not like a choice you make in the game. That's part of the story, is right? Yes, this okay. is all part of the story. There's no choices here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I, I you are a so. wisecracker. <laughs> so, um, what, what was I saying? Uh, you got me off track. Choices, Sarah. Um, so your mission, your focus is to go and blow up Cocoon. And the whole team ignores that the entire game. And they're like, no, no, we're going to save Cocoon. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Why? Why do they listen to Sarah, first of all? Second of all, why would the gods want them to save Cocoon? Why would they want them to save the home? That's not the mission. The, they, okay. the gods don't care about Cocoon at all. And it just... Uh, uh, wait okay. so, so do they eventually convince him to destroy it oh just you fucking wait <laughs> okay i wonder if we got there yet oh no this is the end of the game this is the climax oh, and no. up to this point i was just like all right whatever the story was kind of so they're still like no 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 i could never do that right 
Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. So they go up to Cocoon. <laughs> well, but I'm going to go there anyway. And they're like, we've got to stop Bartandalus. That guy is a dick, and he wants us to destroy Cocoon. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. What an asshole. Let's go kill him. So the way that you're supposed to destroy Cocoon is that you kill the god that is the battery for planet. If you were going to. Yeah, if you're going to. Sorry, I, my computer started going to standby, and I freaked out. <laughs> I've been ranting for so long that I haven't touched my mouse, I guess. <clears throat> so uh, the god that you're supposed to kill is Orphan. It's the battery that's running Cocoon. And Bartandalus is like, yes, kill him. Wait, the Orphan is a battery? Yeah, it's a god that is powering the entire world that okay. you live in, right. essentially. So it's like so, the uh, And the reason... So they finally start to explain the reason, and the reason that they want uh, you to kill the gods and destroy the cocoon is because it's going to act as a blood sacrifice, which will summon the super god, the creator of the universe, and the the gods themselves are pissed off because the gods don't have choice like humans do. So what's the super god going to do when he comes? Well, the, they don't know. No one knows. Super God. He'll come back and be pissed off that the gods were like, hey, Um, come on, Robert. This is really obvious here. Sorry. Uh, So you reach Cocoon and you go through all these hallways, more hallways, (laughs) and you you find Bartandalus, and you're like, you son of a bitch. And he goes, yes, you're here at the battery of our city, of this entire world of ours, this whole Cocoon. Kill it! And you go, no! I don't wanna! And so Bartanus is, is like, alright, I'm gonna kick your ass. So you fight him, and then you kill him. And then he, like, falls into a pool of weird goop. And then his okay. bird that's been following him around the whole game swoops down and drops into the goop as well. And when he comes back up, dun dun dun! He is orphan now! <gasps> Wait, he turns into the guy who was already there? Look, I <laughs> I don't know if he merges with Orphan. Okay, okay. If the whole thing was a ploy all along for okay. us to kick his ass so that he would fall into there and turn into Orphan or what? <laughs> he couldn't have just I don't jumped know in. What his master plan with this was. Neither he, does he. He could have just jumped in. <laughs> I, maybe he needed to be hurt. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to give them some credit here because there's enough other places that I can discredit this stupid ending. All right. Does he do a We're thumbs up done. when he's? Does he do a th- stick his hand out and do a thumbs up as he's sinking into the goop? No. Uh, he's not. No. That cool. You said that so. No. <laughs> I was sad. It could have been cool. So instead, you kick his ass, and he comes up as a mega god, uh, where I That's... think he's. I think what happened is that he's blended with Orphan, and then you fight Orphan, and you beat Orphan up. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't happen yet, does it? I don't know. At one point, you fight Orphan, and at another point, Orphan gets really mad, and since your characters aren't doing their job, your characters, except for one, one of them from Pulse, Fang, uh, everybody else gets turned into the monsters that they turn into if they don't do the job that the gods gave them. So then they come over there and they start beating the shit out of Fang. Uh, Vanille doesn't turn either. Vanille's off to the side because Fang and Vanille, their original focus, their original job from the gods was to turn into Ragnarok and destroy Cocoon. Yep. So those two are still there. They're not transformed yet. And Vanille is over there crying because Fang is getting the shit beaten out of her by all of her 
all the old friends who are now monsters. And you're not oh, supposed yeah. to be able to recover from this, okay? Just pointing this out. <clears throat> and so Vanille is like, all right, fine, whatever, turn me into Ragnarok. And then Fang is like, no, I'm protecting my family. Get out of here. And that's when everybody else turns into monsters. <gasps> and so Fang gets transformed into Ragnarok. And it's like, holy shit, this is it. The game is going to end on this mega downer note. This is kind of cool. And then she, as Ragnarok, gets up, tries to kill Orphan. Orphan has a barrier constructed around him that Fang, Ragnafang, tears through. <laughs> Why the barrier is there? All right, so Orphan wants to die. But there's a barrier preventing Fang from doing that. Why is the barrier there? Why not drop the barrier? If you want to die that bad, <sighs> let it happen. Okay, fine. They don't let it happen. Fang fails at killing Orphan and falls onto the ground and transforms back into her human form <laughs> away from being Ragnarok. Okay. okay. Orphan gets really pissed and is like, get up, you weak pussy. Come kick my ass. So he revives her and starts to transform her into Ragnarok again. <clears throat> at this point, all of your friends that were turned into monsters, they're fucking magically not monsters anymore. Does the game ever explain why this is? I'll let you answer that one. What do you think? This reminds me of the, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's one Simpsons episode where Homer's reading a Harry Potter-like book to Lisa. And he's like, he doesn't feel like reading it or something, so he's just like making it up as he goes along. And like somebody, <laughs> and like somebody gets trapped in like some crystal ball, and then like five minutes later he's like, hey, I somehow escaped. <laughs> yeah, they don't even go that far. They're just like, hey, we're back. Let's do it. Let's keep fighting. And so then Orf I think that's when you fight Orphan. And then Orphan... Alright, so Orphan wants to die. And you go to fight Orphan. And Orphan fights back. Can you fucking explain that to me? Uh, it probably has something to do with the sphere grid. <laughs> it's as good a guess as anybody has. <laughs> Orphan... The the, cell, the <laughs> son of a bitch wants to die and keeps fighting you anyway. You can't explain that. So you beat up Orphan again. Orphan kind of starts to die. And then, like, uh, Orphan and Bartanalus get split, or they go into a final boss form. And once again, in this final boss form, Orphan is still fighting back, even though Orphan wants to die. Also, keep in mind... I haven't even touched on the fact that your team are the biggest bunch of morons of all time. No, nah, I think we've gotten time, that. We've, we've well, that. <laughs> I've got to establish it even more. Let's play it. Let's make it black and white for people listening. This whole game, you've been going, no, I don't want to kill Orphan and destroy Cocoon. Never. I will never do that. What is your party doing right here this whole time? They're willingly and knowingly beating the shit out of the very thing that, if they kill it, will cause Cocoon to crash. Oh, so they know that it, that it, when they kill him, it's going to blow yeah, it up? Yeah, they know exactly who they're supposed to kill, and they know who they're fighting. So wait, Bartandalus even tells them before you fight him the first time. He's like, yes, welcome to the center of it all, blah, blah, blah. This is where you will fulfill your destiny. All right, so the uh, the story is 
obviously very complex, so forgive me for getting lost in a few of its uh, no, nuances. No, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh did you did did they or you explain why No <laughs> why they're attacking? Okay. No! They get mad at him and they start okay. beating the shit out of him. So, okay, they're mad. Okay. <coughs> oh. So you kill him, and guess what happens? Cocoon starts to crash down onto the fucking planet. Big surprise, idiots. <sighs> and then what happens? The miracle of lesbian love transforms into a big monster. Fang and Vanille. But it's never explicitly stated, but they're lesbian lovers. Okay. Yeah. And they they hold hands <laughs> and they look longingly into each other's eyes and they transform into a big weird monster that's like a combination of their two summons smashed together. The beast with two backs. So they transform into a big freaky fucked up monster. That monster then jumps out of Cocoon and jumps into a pool of lava that is sitting below Cocoon. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then this pool of lava... Hot lava. Hot lava. Oh, lava. So now they do the thumbs up when they fall into the lava, at least, right? No, no, of course not. So this lava springs into the air and starts making its way up towards touching Cocoon. And it makes like a tower of lava. (laughs) So there's, there's this very thin tower of lava that then turns into crystal. I'm so glad I didn't play this game. Like, I'm glad I'd rather finish this game. I'm so happy that I stopped playing this Is game. Is it now. almost over? It's almost over, okay. but the worst, the best parts are yet to come. Oh, okay. So this this lava tower turns into crystal, and then this very okay. thin crystal tower is able to hold up the giant cocoon city. So if it... you see an image of it, it makes absolutely no sense how it would support <laughs> it. But whatever, that it's... is like the least of this ending's problems. So it lands point. on t- the cocoon lands on top of the crystal t- thing. Well, the lava it has sprung up and it started to wrap around cocoon a little bit. Okay. So it's like touching cocoon, and then as it crystallizes, okay. instead of like turning into uh, magma, I think is when what lava becomes when it hardens. Sure. Something like that. Whatever. Whenever that thing hardens, whatever that's called, Dive instead of that, it turns into crystal, and then it su- supports the this huge city. I can't. It looks ridiculous. So then after oh, that... Oh, really? <laughs> after that, all of the other four members of your cast have turned into crystal. And so the camera's panning around, and it looks at them, and it, you see them as crystal, and you're like, that's it. That's the end. Thank God it's over. And you think, all right, that's a fitting end. They turn into crystal. Kind of makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. That's... Because they averted the destruction of Cocoon, technically. Which their focus was to destroy Cocoon. Whatever. Then, Vanille whispers something like, Wake up. <laughs> and lightning, tr- the crystal pieces fall away like magic. And she turns back into a human. Because fuck you, we want a happy ending, don't we? And then everybody else turn, uh, stops being crystal as well. You even see Sarah and uh, Saz's son da- Dodge walking down the way because they were crystals at one point, but they're not anymore because happy fucking end. Okay. Kill me. You sound like you need a break. I need a drink. Do you need any more medicine? <clears throat> Hair of the dog, maybe. It would probably be good for you right now. <sighs> so all that said, 
You actually did go on longer than I'm. Did I? I than may have the uh, Kingdom Hearts. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you definitely did not. Shut the no, hell. Up. I think I was short by ten or twenty minutes. <laughs> ten or twenty hours. I mean. <laughs> so yeah, so that's Final Fantasy Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> nice. I like how you wrap it up. So you give it a thirteen game. out of ten, then. I give it a thirteen out of ten million. And like parts of the game weren't that bad. I, like again, to to close this, I like a lot of the ideas, except for the story. The writing of the game was awful. I couldn't stand it the entire way. Uh, this and the pacing was very bad. Uh, the split section storytelling, I, it doesn't do much for me. Okay. Where you've got this group of characters over here doing this thing and so on. But some of the gameplay ideas uh, were not that bad, which is why I'm, 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 I'm sort of looking forward to. Doing my playthrough of Final Fantasy Thirteen Two that my stream got me. <laughs> Do we? Okay. So that's gonna happen. I don't know if I if I talk about it on the stream or on the podcast, it'll be much briefer. Okay. I felt like Thirteen is the perfect way to close these things out, yeah. especially since today our top three is top three RPGs. This on your list then? Yeah. Is, is oh, that, of course. It's not gonna be number one at the very bottom. Number nine million and one. I've only played eight million RPGs. Ah, oh, small time. I've only played seven. Ah. <laughs> ah. Um, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you get because I actually don't don't even know. What well, it's funny was. because Final Fantasy seven. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Whatever. There we go. Jesus Christ. Are we Are we good to move on to top threes? Yeah, that's why I segued over to it. Do you see how I did that? That was pretty good. God, you're a shit host. Yeah, I'm a I, god. I, I hey, I'm a king of this shit. I, Ladies and gentlemen, your top three RPGs limited to a maximum of one square type. I need a favor from you on this one, Blake. I will not give you another blowy, Since all right? Since we've got some sick intro music and we're going to have fucking shit yourself sick email music that I can't even wait for. <sighs> Uh, can we do a, I'll say it's time for, and then you do God mode and say top threes. And I'm going to, my, I don't have it set up right. right <sighs> now. All right. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go back and find the episode where we did that. Cause I want to, I want to start using that from now on. Whatever. <laughs> How about you just make yourself sound like God? Here we go. It's time for top three. RPGs. Oh my God. That was deafening. Top three yeah, RPGs. One square game maximum. Did y'all y'all discuss maybe? I'm going with zero square. Yeah, game. I was going to ask. Yeah, you. So I... Okay, so zero square for do y'all. We... I've got I, one. I say we do honorable mentions ahead of time. What? Personally, I think we should... this is like one of the only times I think we should do honorable mentions ahead of time. No, maybe? first first of all, this is not the only time you think we should do that ahead of time. You say that every single episode. <laughs> Second I don't. of all, I say it every single episode. Yes, you do. No, I don't. S- Okay, maybe you didn't say it on the Step last episode. Step into my office. <laughs> Let's have a talk about back. I think we should save it for the end, anyways. Okay. Okay. Blake, you be, you Blake, you're the tiebreaker here. What do you think? I'm fine with waiting until the end. Yeah. Okay, we'll wait until the end. Majority decision. Uh, all right. Who wants to? Get, Blake, you wanna? Do you need? A break? I would like to get some of the salt out of my system. Right, I'll go, go ahead and go first. Go ahead. Um, my number three. God, this is so hard to pick. <laughs> Which games are and aren't in this, by the way. I'm still sitting here mulling over this number three and four spot. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and run with it. 
and I'm going to give it to Star Ocean 2 on the <laughs> PlayStation. Sick. Uh, I believe we've That's talked about this game on the on the lit, on the podcast a few times. I think so. I put a few hundred hours into this game Damn. because of how much shit there really is to do. Uh, part of it is because I fucked up and I didn't do the right set of events to unlock the super end boss of the game, who okay. is really, really, really hard. It's uh, I actually mentioned this earlier. Starship 2 and the Tales series have a different kind of combat from your typical JRPG where it's an action system. You're freely moving your character around in a limited arena. And I think it's really cool. You get to combo your abilities together. Uh, you, the more you use certain abilities, the more they develop and level up. And some of them actually change how they function the more you use them. And that's really fun stuff. Really great for grinding. It features a skill system where every time you level up, you get a certain number of skills, skill points. And then you spend those points to level up your skills. And your skills can give you all sorts of stuff like uh, the ability to craft better or to craft new things. Or uh, even combat-based additions. Like uh, you can dodge, you can block things better, you've got more strength, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the story is... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. I'm trying not to die, everybody. Uh, the story is not bad. It's very anime, and it's definitely older school. But it works fairly well, and then the voice acting is so bad it's good tier. Oh, nice. If you've never heard like the Star hear. Ocean 2 voice acting, go check this out. Here, I will pull up some of the stuff for you, Rob. Yeah, I'd like to hear that this. you can listen to either while we're doing this. Or, uh, Maybe I'll pull it up. If you listen to something on your computer right now, do does it get recorded? Uh, yes. Okay. Then yeah, you'll have you'll want to wait a little bit. Well, I can pull. Why don't I go ahead? And... Oops! I just <laughs> everybody just heard Skype pull up on my uh, thing. Why, why, why don't you send it to me and I'll I can play it. All right. Here. Oh shit! Threw it up in the Skype group. There you go. And All you'll right. want to jump around to get through to get past some of the grunting sounds. Do you have <laughs> any any particular? We're here. I'll just cut. I'll just jump around. I don't know which particular I'll just spot. Jump around. Anything, we'll see but... what happens here. Hold on a second. You guys won't be able to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you guys won't be able to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it starts off with the grunting, grunting sound. Yeah. Yes. Advance forward. Uh, that's the other Grunt one. Has it. Yeah, yeah, here forward. you go. <laughs> oh, it's just them. <laughs> this Things just... will work out somehow. We oh, can it's win just this. Them. The enemy. It features such great lines, like, Things I think that's out. around 40 points. <laughs> this oh. is bad. I'm gonna cut her, I'm gonna we cut can't her. go further. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I can't see. <laughs> I'm losing strength. <laughs> I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. All right, hold on. Let me pull up this other one. Oh, this is gold. Let's see. Okay, here we go. It's your enemy. I won't lose. Okay, it's over. Retreat, retreat. Yeah. Oh man, the guy was. Yeah. The girl was just straight up annoying, but the guy was hilarious. Yeah, Chisato or uh, not Chisato. Pressus is the most annoying voice in the game. Arena. I'm pretty sure everyone agrees on that. And it like it sounds. Like the voices were recorded in eight bit. It's yeah, sound, yeah, sound yeah. Sound quality, quality is so is really bad. so bad. Yep. Oh man. So uh, that's oh, Star Ocean Two. I love the game, flaws and all. Okay. 
Who's second? You want, you guys want me to go second? Since my list is probably going to be shit, pretty much. Why is it shit? Because I've played like 10 RPGs. <laughs> That's alright, whatever. I was okay. like, you I'll probably get shit on for this one, but I don't think I will for my other twos. My number three, I'm going to go with uh, Xenosaga. Xenosaga's not bad. No, that's not Yeah, bad. I was going to say, that's actually one of the series I want to play. I, I played it a little bit when I was younger, but I definitely actually want to play The that first game. game isn't bad, and then the next two go off the rails way too hard. Yeah, I haven't played either of those. The first one I just liked a whole lot because it's got a really cool setting and environment, and I like the sci-fi uh, like environment of it all. And yeah. there, there's like cool guns you use. The cutscenes were were pretty awesome, from what I remember. I really at least. liked the attacks. I liked uh, Chaos. I think was the kid's name. I yeah. uh, I vaguely yeah. remember him. There was a character named Chaos. Most positive. Yeah. I mostly remember. And Coast I liked a lot of his attacks. Yeah. Um, the game had really good graphics for the time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it had really I did. good graphics. Yeah. Uh, the biggest problem I have with the game is that it is. Uh, I mean, it sets up for the sequel, so it, it's a little weaker because of that. And then, I mean, it does a lot of cinematics. Yeah, it's got one like forty-five minute long minute scene. Lots. I remember that at the time. That was kind of a big deal. All right, Jay. Blake, what is the the main character in Chrono Cross? What is his weapon called? Buster Sword. Uh, Swallow, I think. Is no like what is that actual weapon called? I think it's called a. They call it the swallow type in the game. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. I couldn't. I was. That's one of the weapons in uh, Anamusha. I couldn't remember what it's called. Uh, number three. Um, oh, the, you're talking about the one with the the pole with the knives on the end. Or yeah. Um, yeah. Like staff with two with daggers on the end, on each end. I'll link it up in the Discord. It shows a uh, swallow. Don't do it in Discord. Swallows. Don't do it in Discord. It'll fuck oh, up. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Swallows are a weapon type in Chrono Cross. Out of all 45 playable characters, only Surgeon Links can equip them, etc. Okay, so that's actually what the weapon's called. Yep. Cool. Uh, that's not on my list, but I was just curious. Uh, okay, number no three, Pokemon Silver. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, Pokemon Silver was... was I, pl I played Red and Blue when I was younger, but Silver was one that really hooked me in. Um, Pokemon played the trading card game. Loved the show, even though it's complete <clears throat> absolute garbage when I was younger. But the games were, were so fun. I played countless hours. Like, I can't even imagine how many hours I put into Pokemon Silver and Gold. And, just, you know, just kind of living the dream. I mean, walking around catching Pokemon, battling trainers, getting items, leveling up, finding secrets, <laughs> catching everything. It's just all-around super fun game. Like, I, I still enjoy... I, go, I still go back to them every once in a while. Like, played the newer Pokemon games. But they they don't have the same, the same draw that they used to. But still really, really fun games. Sick. Uh, Blake, number two. <clears throat> My number two, one that I have talked on here about a few times before. One of the only Genesis RPGs that I give a damn about, Fantasy Star 4. I actually was looking at nice. one of the Fantasy Star titles on. It Fantasy Star Online, probably. Uh, Fantasy Star Universe? Okay, Universe, which is yeah. basically the online stuff. Yeah, so yeah. okay. Um, so Fantasy Star 4, one of the... It, it it did uh, the heroine dying before f did it spoilers for two games there that was a two <gasps> I feel good about that I have to beat uh, that um, up uh, it's mostly classic style RPG combat but it has a little added benefit of giving you <laughs> macros and combination attacks and so you can use these macros to get your attacks to combine into for and to form like new spells depending on what your party setup is and what spells you have access to, and all this really cool stuff. And it adds this really nice uh, aspect to the gameplay. 
And then every character, um, you get, like, characters will have access to spells, but then they'll also have access to techniques. And they operate completely differently. They are on totally different resources. The techniques are their own, like, each individual technique has its own pool. So if you have technique A, you can use that ten times. And technique B, you can use that eight times. And they don't, there's no overlap between the two of them. And that's a really nice system. It was, again, one of those little things that RPGs do to tweak the usual RPG formula. And I loved it. Yeah, I was really impressed with some of the mechanics that those games encompassed, especially for that time. Like, it's still, like, you look at it, you're like, that is actually really advanced for the time. Yeah, especially back, like, the combination and macros back then were incredible. It had a lot of customability, too, which is, that's what's so great about the concept. Yeah. All right, Rob, number two. Number two. Final Fantasy Tactics. Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh, he puts a fucking square game on. Of course he does. Seven. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, There's, dude, I'll, I cannot wait for the remake. Cannot wait for the remake. I can because I'm worried about it. So am I. But uh, yeah, I don't. The old one will still exist. We'll just consider it a different yeah. game. Well, that's I mean, what I do with stuff like that. I mean, that's what it is. Well, so you know what I mean, though, like. Final Fantasy VII, the new one won't exist if it's not good, in okay. my mind. I hear you. <laughs> All right, fair. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about it that anybody else can't probably say much better, but I just had a lot of fun playing it. I mean... If you don't know this game... Just, if, never if you played don't know this game, it literally... Stop whatever you're doing. Revolutionized the uh, video game market. Yeah, <laughs> and if you play it now, like nothing gameplay-wise is going to stand out to you. Like, whoa! Like, it's not going to blow you away, but they just, like, aside from, like, like Blake said, when it came out, it was pretty revolutionary. Uh, revolutionary. Still, it's got a really good story and a really good combat system, and it's just a really fun game to play in general. Like, because I didn't even I, play it until about three years ago for the first time, and I had a hell of a fun time playing it. I'm very excited to see them expand on all the side characters. I think Blake and I talked about this before. It's something that, like, a lot of the characters are really interesting, but they don't give you enough details into, like, their full backstory, and I'm really excited to see how they expand on it. Hopefully it's good. Like, that's honestly, that's what I'm most excited about. Like, the gameplay of the new one is probably not going to be enjoyable. I think it's probably going to be really updated. <laughs> it's probably not going to be enjoyable. Yeah, it, I just feel like they're going to try and, like, get away from turn base and do some fucking stupid new combat system, and it's just going to be really questionable. But if they expand the stories properly, I will at least be able to enjoy that much. Haven't they pretty much said it's not going to be turn-based? Oh, yeah, I guess they did show some gameplay footage, too. It's, it's like, an action sort of... Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it right. seems you're to right. I, may, I may be wrong. No, no, you're right. I remember them showing videos. It looks like an action something. Like, kind of similar to Final Fantasy fifteen, right? Uh, you mean... Like... Yes? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just combining the two in my head. I, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I mean, yeah. Okay. What was, what's your What's your number two? Uh, number two... Which one? Which one? Which one? Uh, I'm gonna go with Golden Sun series, specifically the first one. Uh, because this one stands out the most to me. Uh, Golden Sun's RPG came out for the handheld Nintendo systems in the early 2000s. Um, puzzle-based RPGs with pretty damn good story and character development that ultimately made three titles. And it was just all-around really fun game. The The combat system is turn-based, but the graphics were phenomenal when you used the summons. The summons were called gins in this game. And when you used a super gin, like the biggest form, the graphics were fucking amazing. Sound effects and music. All around, really, really fun games. The puzzles were not stupid hard. Pretty fun. 
just really, really fun. Another just RPG that you kind of have a little bit of open worldness to it that you, you don't have to go on a very like extremely linear path. There are certain key things that you have to do, but for the most part, you kind of wander and, and do your own thing. Nice. Yeah, I love Golden Sun games. All right, Blake, what's the greatest RPG ever made? Whoa, this is so bad. That's such a... Don't I'm going to step like all over your dick, I'm pretty sure, here, don't Rob. Don't say that. Don't, don't say <laughs> I'm going to... I got it. I got it. Okay. Earthbound. Uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, I think everybody knew it was coming. Yeah. I mean, I the last time I talked about it on here, I praised the shit out of it for good reason. I was actually shocked at how good this game is. It once again does something different from a lot of JRPGs. It has the scrolling HP combat system that I'm blown away that we don't see more of. I don't know how we haven't seen more of that. It's incredible. Uh, the writing in the game is fantastic. There are very few major glaring problems with the game. I expected yours to be more a more like traditional. No, I, I took mine off my list specifically because I knew this was going to happen. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I literally took it off my list because I knew this was going to happen. Well, Blake stepped all over my dick. You know what my number one is? Yep, Earthbound. Yep. What do you know? <laughs> oh, it's also got incredible music. All three of the games that I mentioned have really, really, really great music. It does. Sounds is wonderful. yeah, they do. They really do, especially for <laughs> oh, man, especially for how old they are. The music is. But by, by the way, Blake, I was talking about Onimusha earlier. The music in that game is stupid, fucking good. Really, like, really. I was so surprised. Like it's actually really good music. Huh. The only thing I'll really happy the only thing I'll add is just that I love. I really, as you may have gathered, really like quirky games, and like this is the <laughs> quintessential quirky game. That's why I like the Metal Gear Solid series so much. It's, That's why you like Space Quest and yeah, all that. Yeah, Monkey Island, like all that. Monkey like, Island, yeah. And especially if it can be quirky and then also have a serious side, uh, which, again, Metal Gear Solid for sure, and that also describes Earthbound really well. Yeah. Earthbound, to me, probably has more personality than any other game. Yeah, that's a good God, way this, to put it. This list is so hard, dude. Holy I'm playing. Shit. It's so hard. I, I, I think you were trying to find. I was trying to find like a multiplayer game, and then like something that like I've played recently that I really liked, and it's just like, ugh. I'm playing the. Uh, I'm about to play the Earthbound intro music right now. Hold on, here we go. Hold on, wait for it. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. I love this game. Okay, sorry. I had to do it. Y'all still there? Are you still with yeah, me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, here. All right. Uh, so, Jay, besides Earthbound, what's your so, number one? Uh, number one, so the Elder Scrolls series. Um, I wondered about those, too. I kind of yeah, thought about I, it, but they don't make it up there for me. They do. So, I, I like Skyrim. I was just talking to Rob about this well, earlier. I like well, Skyrim. Hey, hey. Oh, I'm not talking about Skyrim. Okay. Wait, what? That game came out like four years ago. I know. I'm not going to talk about Skyrim. Okay. I'm talking about he the Elder Scrolls. He literally just said that he's not talking. He literally no. He said, "I like Skyrim. I'm not going to talk about Skyrim." I know, but I start off by no, saying the Elder Scrolls series. I was going to talk about the fact that I don't like Skyrim that much. I think it's a good game, but it's not the best one of the series to me. Okay. I really like Oblivion. I think Oblivion is the best that they've made so far of the series. I think Morrowind was a great introduction to the series, and it was really fun, and it had a lot of really good elements to it, but there were a lot of quality of life adjustments that came in when they did Oblivion. The dice I think rolling of, combat is probably... Yeah, yeah, like part. like Elder Scroll, the original where Morrowind, Robert, you would walk up to a mob at level one, and you would miss until oh, yeah, you I played hit. It. Yeah, okay, so you know the, the, the idea. Yeah. So, Oblivion, um, 
amazing combat. Graphics were um, top tier at the time. Uh, the storyline was really good, and this is the big thing for me that I that I did that I don't <laughs> like about uh, Skyrim is I felt involved in the main storyline. Like I felt like I was a big part of everything that was going on in Oblivion. Whereas Skyrim, there were like certain parts of it that were great, and like you were there were kind of some cool quests, but for the most part, it was just too open ended in every single direction. Oblivion to me hit hit it perfectly. It was really engrossing, and I, I think it was a great game. There's too much to do, but enough that you you don't feel complete or not too much to the point where you feel overwhelmed, which is what I felt like with Skyrim. So my number one is Oblivion. I think Oblivion's <laughs> overall a fantastic game. I think it's just super fun, and I could go back and play it. I, I have to say, honestly. as much as I personally prefer the way that Morrowind does a lot of things, out of the series, the only one that I have finished the main storyline for was Oblivion. So yeah, they it was, must have it was been good. doing something. It was right. cool. I love when the Oblivion gates just open and it's like, hey, you got to fucking do something about this. Like these guys are just pouring out and you have to fucking do something about it. And then you go there and it's like all these people are getting fucking slaughtered inside this portal and you're like trying to help them and you can't because these like it's just it's just a great game. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Pretty badass. Uh, I actually own this, but the, when I tried playing it, it was like a while back and my computer like was wasn't quite good enough and it would do this thing where the. Uh, like the image on the screen would freeze and like you were still playing, but like the screen wasn't updating. So I, never I had to wait a long time to play Oblivion because my, my computer could not handle it either. Like I was saying, it, the graphics were insane at the time. Right. Yeah. Blake, what all that fucking bloom? Oh God. Uh, what the a... shininess of that world has always pissed me off. <laughs> of Oblivion. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah actually, I know what you mean. What is the, uh, if it weren't for that, I think the game would look really nice, but I can't look at that now and not feel like I need to wear sunglasses. <laughs> I can see that. I just wear sunglasses around the house, so that's not a. I wear my sunglasses at night. Yeah. So I can, so I can see. Um. All right. Do, wait, wait. What do you? I'm curious as to what you like a better about uh, Morrowind, Blake. Oh, I like. Well, I mean, graphically, uh, the graphics aren't that good, but I like the overall feel of how it looks. Uh-huh. It's kind of darker, more moodier. Like I, I know what you yeah. mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It has more of like a, a desperate... Oblivion um, is a lot more of the typical um, like high fantasy kind of setting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah. like dead on. Is that the, that's the only thing that you like better about no, it? No, no, I like... Um, Oblivion removes a lot of skills from the game. Like, they, they homogenize a lot of shit, okay. and I, that always annoyed me. Okay. Yeah, there were a lot of quality of life improvements that were good, and then there were some things that they tried to simplify and remove certain things that people really appreciated and enjoyed yeah like and, um yeah. different armor classes get changed a bunch in oblivion i think uh the big one to me is just uh, making axes and hammers one weapon type and then oh um two hand two hand and one hand aren't different things they're the same weapon type See, I don't Which, remember as, that. A, That's weird. as a quality of life thing i dig it but from like a role-playing perspective of getting into my character that bothers me and i th- i might be wrong about the uh, two-hand thing in Morrowind. They might be the same class. I don't remember off the top of my head, though. All right. Cool. But it's basically just the, the character growth and character, like, how you develop you in the game. I f- it's a lot better in Morrowind for me. Quick question. Um, for Morrowind and for Oblivion, if someone's going into these the first time, what class would you recommend people play? Like, oh, what's, no well, you like can not, li- not, not, really not the easiest, class. but the most fun. There aren't really classes. It's, I mean, you level up whatever skill yeah, you, you develop want by your using character. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, okay, so yeah, we, I do remember that. Yeah, what, I would. If you, you want, there are starting on, classes, but I would recommend a custom one probably. What with kind of character you want on it? Play a rogue. Play like a stealthy kind of assassin. Like it, it's okay. fun stealth to just like broken OP as shit. Both of them. Later on, it is. Okay. Early on, it's really fun though because you can. No, just, in Morrowind, really? it's broken as shit because. Oh, you can get, well, like, Morrowind. Uh, if, yeah, if you're gonna play Morrowind, it's a little bit different because there's a lot of dumb yeah. shit you can do, like just sit on top of a house as an archer. And oh, the things. other thing with Oblivion, I don't <laughs> like the leveled mobs. I'm not a fan of the enemies being leveled. Same, I mean, go I don't back. remember that actually. Yeah, that? yeah the enemies scale with your level in Oblivion, and I didn't know that. Yeah, even oh. like even um, what they spawn as. So like you'll fight a goblin at level one, and then a goblin marauder at level five, a I goblin master at level ten, or something like that. Oh, weird. I, I don't. I don't hate that. I mean, that's definitely a change, though. Okay. Have, have either of y'all played any of the pre-Morrowind Elder Scrolls games? I tried to uh, oh. <laughs> when they were released for free on their website. I think it was before Oblivion even came out. There was like an anniversary edition of Arena. And I tried to install DOSBox and run it, uh -huh. but I didn't know what I was doing with it. So I didn't set it up well, and it just didn't run. Okay, but It ran at like 200 FPS, so it was <laughs> unplayable. Okay. Old games are hard to get to work on modern systems sometimes. Yep. Especially if you don't know what you're doing. It's annoying to fucking run shit off. Yeah. yeah. Before we jump into emails. No, let's oh, do fucking honorable mentions. You fucking yeah, we got a ton me? of honorable mentions. You can, you can kill yourself. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Blake, you want to go first? I think we're going to overlap quite a bit. Uh, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll just delete my here. list. I'll delete my uh, list. Aside from all these square titles. Valkyrie yeah, Profile, yeah. which I talked about earlier in the year. Valkyrie Profile, fantastic, great soundtrack, uh, interesting story when it actually happens, and once again, it does something unique and different with the RPG JRPG gameplay. I love it for that. Tactics Ogre, not a great game, okay, but just... I appreciate it because yeah. of it being a predecessor to Final Fantasy Tactics. For me personally, it deserves <laughs> some kind of a mention there. On the same page uh, of Ogre stuff, Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen on the Super Nintendo. Really, really cool JRPG. At an actual role-playing experience out of a Japanese RPG title. Uh, you get to be a good guy or you get to be a very, very, very bad guy. And uh, it's got like, it's got aspects of strategic combat stuff throughout it. You've got different units that work differently. Love it for that. Lufia 2, probably the most unappreciated, or underappreciated, excuse me, uh, Super Nintendo RPG title. Amazing game. Once again, it does the it does an, a more adult storytelling method. Uh, it also has some interesting JRPG gameplay elements where your equipment can give your characters abilities that they, uh, the points to use those abilities you get by taking damage. Pretty cool concept. Uh, Dragon Quest IV, my favorite of the classic Dragon Quest games, the opening where it does split storytelling, is actually well done. It's the only game that I've liked the split storytelling method. Later on, all of your characters come together, and it's all very cool. I, I think I like it in this game because they focus so heavily on those characters for the split element. It's like, for this chapter, you're playing as this dude. You need to be worrying about him. You're not worried about what's happening with anybody else right now. Think about this guy. Uh, on the Dragon Quest note, Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, man, this is a game that I need to go back and play sometime because uh, there are different ways to develop your characters, which will give you a different playthrough experience. Actual replayability through the gameplay. Pretty damn cool in my book. Shining Force II, the first strategy RPG I played, got me into the idea of strategy RPGs when Final Fantasy Tactics came out. 
my nerd boner was at full mast. Uh, good game in its own right. It's uh, the story is very old school anime. It feels very like for a young audience. It's not complicated. You've got the forces of good and you got the forces of evil, and that's about it. Okay. Uh, Breath of Fire two and Breath of Fire three. I think Breath of Fire three is my favorite of the series. I want to do a replay of two sometime, but the incredible encounter rate on that game makes me not want to touch it. Really cool game. Otherwise, uh, you've got town building mechanics in two, something similar in three. They do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and finally, the game that was my almost number three, it's like my number 3.1. It barely doesn't make my list behind Star Ocean 2 is Shadow Hearts. The original, not Shadow Hearts Covenant, which everybody else seems to love so much more. I really like Shadow Hearts for its very dark storytelling. It's, a, it's like a horror RPG, and they do it awesomely. And uh, the gameplay, once again, the gameplay is cool in that it takes, uh, it gives you like this insanity mechanic. And to execute your attacks, there's a cursor that goes around a ring on screen. And you need to time button presses when the ring is over certain points to, just to give you a little bit of activity during the fights and to try and maximize your out damage output and healing and stuff like that. I love that sort of stuff. It's awesome. Sweet. Jay, anything you'd like to? Uh, ask? yeah, my Magic series, specifically my Magic Eight. Oh yeah. Um, fun RPGs, Chocobo Dungeon, um, Diablo uh, One and Two. I was surprised that those didn't make your list. Actually, uh, they were very close. Honestly, yeah. um, Icewind Dale, very fun series. I need to go uh, back nice. and play. It's been very, very long time. Um, and then Super Mario RPG, was the last one. And then of course, if we were doing all the Final Fantasy games, yeah, Blake yeah. said. Like I said, anything Blake yeah. said is. is pretty good <laughs> And then, well, I mean, and then Super Mario RPG is square too. But yeah. Oh, yes, hey, that's right. Did you, um, did you think about this? Someone pointed it out to me in my chat, and I was like, yeah, I guess that's true to a degree. Square was on the list of third-party developers for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, were they? Yep. Mm. And given how Square and Nintendo have been pretty pleased with each other lately, uh, this isn't too surprising. But. The most recent things that they've done were the uh, the Geno clothes in Super Smash Brothers, and so someone was like, "Hey, what if we get a new Super Mario RPG developed by Square?" That would be fucking amazing. I would, uh... <laughs> I, I would actually love to see some new IPs for between the two of them, like something. Yeah, new. I would like some new stuff, really. Yeah. Do you know who? Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. You know who else is on the list? Who's that? Metal Gear Solid? Konami. Konami, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, they totally really? develop games. <laughs> huh? What? Because those dudes totally develop games still. Well, they're, they do. They're, you know, they announced... Yeah, they're making Metal Gear Zombies. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Shove a stick up my oh, ass. Oh, yeah, enjoy that, Robert. No, I'm not going to enjoy that. <laughs> no, I refuse. Yeah, that's not going to work. Um, also, there's probably another 50 RPGs that I could have put yeah. on this list of oh, yeah. uh, records notables like this was a pretty hard list and that's what i pared it down to that's good and i'm, I'm yeah, happy with this was one of the harder ones you guys did a good job i was really <laughs> i wanted to have a variety and i didn't want to have real obvious stuff like it was this was tough we had a couple tweets with uh their top threes nice first we have where did it go oh here we go at melee monkey that's melee underscore monkey 
He says, does it count if I say Pokemon Diamond, Pokemon Pearl, and Pokemon Platinum? Uh, that's, that's fine. Depends on the year. That's fine, whatever. I'm cool yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon series in general, I mean, there's not that drastic of differences. 2006, yeah. Came out literally just a little over 10 years ago, September 20th, 2006. Just within our cutoff. Uh, Civil Jeff 8. S I F L Jeff eight. What's up, Jeff? He resubbed to me today. Nice. Yeah. And with his Amazon Prime. With his. It don't matter. <laughs> yes, he did. As a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> I called it. Um, he's got two lists. He's got a non-square. He's got a square and a non-square version. The square version is number three, Final Fantasy Tactics. Number two, yeah. Final Fantasy seven. And number one, one, Final Fantasy six. Close. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Yep. Yep. Okay. The non-square. That's a pretty solid list. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, definitely. Non-square. He's got for number three, Lunar Silver Star Story. Number two, Swickedon two. Yep. And so. or Swickedon <laughs> two. Oh yeah, and then I I guess I could have had Swickedon two on my honorable mentions. For me, it's I was not actually surprised. Story, yeah, but it's nah. And then number Lock one, him. number one, Breath of Fire three. Solid <laughs> lists. Good list. We got a suggestion for our next top three list. I don't know. I don't from think. Jeff? No, no, no. From at a bit of John on Twitter. Okay. I don't know if I would be able to do this list because I couldn't think of any. It's a good idea, but I just don't think I'd be able to think of any uh, games. If you're, he says at Class Gamescast, if you're doing an episode around Halloween, the top three unintentional scary moments in games would be cool. Hmm. That's, Wait, that's, that's kind of my response. I'm sorry. Unintentional scary moments in games. Uh, I don't when you think... don't when you didn't construct enough pylons. Watch your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> bitch! I always have enough pylons. Don't you hey, come dude, at you, me like you, that? Come on, you build them at the same time every time. I don't think I could do this one. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I really like the idea, but I don't think I could do it. It would be very difficult. Yes. Okay. I would have to really think about this one. Bit of John, thank you. But we're going to have to pass in this one because I just don't think we can do it. But I've got an idea. Don't worry. It's not Halloween related, though. I was thinking of this because our intro music, our new intro music, reminded me of another game's music, which I'm not going to spoil because it would be on my list. But what if we, we've done uh, top three like music in games before, but what if we do uh, just a variation on that and do top three eight slash 16 bit theme uh intro music like best intro music for like you know with 8-bit or 16-bit style mm. like something really like maybe just stick to 8-bit like something really arcadey or nintendo-y like when you think of you know classic video game music i must sound very newbie here but is there that many to pick from yes that are the good okay. oh yeah oh yeah dude probably like half of our list when we did this the original time were this because we like for instance we had uh the uh, mickey mouse capades remember that yeah vaguely what do you guys do y'all want to do that or not um sure okay we'll do it just take a little time to look into it jay i'm confident you can come up with the very fun also list. uh since we brought up simple jeff subbing today i wanted to give a quick shout out i hope i'm saying the name right uh i think it was gita Lele or gita Lele. Uh, who came into the chat? Who found me? Who found my stream through uh, the podcast? 
And uh, so shout outs to him dropping by and tipping me a few bucks a few times. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you, Gitalele. It's like a combination of guitar and ukulele. Okay. It look that's how it looks like it's spelled. We call him so that. Z- I called him Gwit or Git or Gitalele. I can't. I, I kind of did all of them. I couldn't decide, and he never corrected me, so I just threw them all out there. I'm going to have to interrupt you because I can't contain myself anymore. We're going to have to move on to emails so I can... Yeah, yeah. So I can do this music. Finally. All right. (laughs) It's time for emails. I hope that Rob is not recording his own mic right now. No. Dude. <laughs> you, you, you might want to edit that later. No, I'm going to put in the real version. I'm going to, yeah, I am going to go. Okay, yeah, and then like, just edit all this out. Okay, I wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm just playing it on your computer, and you were like, God, <laughs> yeah. I hope they stay quiet this whole time. I'm pretty sure I probably just woke my wife up, too. She's going to be pissed, super pissed. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> I haven't gotten any text. I'm watching my phone. I haven't gotten any text messages yet. She'll text me yet. if it will grow up. Robert Marie King, you turn that music down now. It was kind of an asshole thing for me to do, but I had, but you had to hear it. That's Thanks. the sickest email intro music anybody has ever had for any any type of show. So let's read do, some do, emails. Don't you do? Do you not agree? Do you agree? Let's get to the emails. Do you like it, Blake? I need to eat. If you don't get to the emails, I'm going to treat you like I treated Final Fantasy 13. Do you understand me? You're going to play the shit out of it? <laughs> I'm going to talk very bad about you in this podcast. I haven't gotten any text yet. I think I might be okay. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going, Robert. All right. Emails. Already fucking 1030. Jesus Christ. We're three and a half hours in right now. All right. No, well, we didn't start until like 915-ish or like 920. We're probably still... Okay. We may... Like, this. Still three hours and ten minutes, then. All right, here we go. We got four emails to go through. Okay. Uh, first comes one from Chase the Night Cleaner. Or Chase, actually, the I No Longer Work Nights Night Cleaner. Whoa! So he's just the cleaner, then? Upgrade. He's just the cleaner? No, the cleaner, that's Kenny Omega. He wrestles in Japan, the sillies. Okay, whatever. I wish you guys were wrestling fans. <laughs> Hello, Robert J. and Blake. Chase the Night Cleaner. Oh, okay. Actually, he contradicts himself because here he says Chase the Night Cleaner. At the end, he says Chase the I No Longer Work Nice Night Cleaner. Anyways. Well, he was building up to that. You spoiled it before we got there. Sorry. Chase the Night Cleaner for <laughs> Chase the Night Cleaner for with an email for the 13th time in a row. I think we get what you're trying to say, Chase. When can we get to when we get to thirty seven? Can I make a clerks joke? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. It's been too long since I've seen clerks. She sucked thirty seven dicks. <laughs> okay, I kind of remember that now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Robert. Robert. Have to dick on your way to the parking lot. <laughs> Is that the same one? Oh no, it's it's a uh, chasing Amy where the guy's like, dude, they made her pair finger cuffs. Isn't that one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, 
Moving on. Robert, I'm so happy you have a Sega CD and the opportunity to explore some of the truly shit-tastic games that came out at the birth of the CD era of gaming. I completely forgot about Sewer Shark and really hope you keep finding gems like that to talk about. I, I hope so too, Chase, the formerly Night Cleaner. Blake, I'm happy to hear that you and your friend are alive. Yeah, it's nice to be alive. Still. I don't know, sometimes. I was about to contradict okay. myself, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Yeah, he had to but play Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah. yeah. 11. <laughs> he says, stay... Was the worst thing ever. Yeah, 11's got his problems, but... Anyway, stay well and keep gaming. I am in the same boat as Jay. If I ever get Amazon Prime, you get my sub. Hey, thanks, man. It's all about it's all about the uh, the thought, right? Yeah, I do appreciate the thoughts. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, the end. Thoughts don't pay. Thoughts don't pay the bills, but he does appreciate them. Yeah, I think about <laughs> you all the time, Blake. <laughs> you damn right you do. I still haven't got any text messages. By the way, I think I'm good. Jay, get Amazon Prime, dude, and shoot that sub to Blake. Dude, all right, you can't call out Jay <laughs> if you haven't even done it yet. That is true. And also, I'm fucking lazy, as you will learn. <laughs> I am stupid lazy. Jay's, Jay just isn't too lazy. He's just too lazy to click. He's, like, he's got the money. He just doesn't feel like clicking the buttons. Right. Also, Jay, I liked your discussion of finding local arcades. Depending on where you live. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, can really decide the types of establishments you might be able to find locally. Because I live close to Niagara Falls, I am actually really close to a still-open Midway, but unfortunately most of, what? The, most of the games in the actual arcade cabinets there don't change and aren't very good. Mm. What's a Midway? Yeah, I think, I think uh, bi- the bigger the area, the, the more potential there is for arcades. What's a Midway? Is that a... Midway is the company that made... Uh, was it... No, 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 no. He's, like... not, no. he's not talking about the video game company. Oh, I thought this talking, was talking about some about. kind of store. I think Midway is like a grocery store. Arcade Treasure, Midway Arcade Treasure, video game. It's Mid Dash no. Way. Mid Dash Way. They have them in Canada, I guess. I'm using a European keyboard. Hold on a second. What? My, my keyboard broke, so I'm using a European keyboard now. So the keys are really hard to understand. <laughs> we you get uh, back it's coming up as. It's coming up as like Midway, the developer. Why don't I look this up for us? Once yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. Because that way I don't have to do anything. Midway USA, <laughs> shop, shooting, hunting, and outdoor products. I don't think that's it. That, that might be it. That's an arcade, right? There's probably a billion things called Midway. Jay, do a Wikipedia search for it while I keep on reading. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen now. Okay. You missed your opportunity. My hands are at my side again. Okay. Next up is... Uh, okay. Also, for a few months, there was a guy in town who tried opening up a place like you described, but his rollout was sloppy and poorly done. Oh, that sucks. He stopped... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I definitely think there's a market for it. It's just that most of the time it's executed poorly and managed even worse. He says he started with only four cabinets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Like, who's going who's gonna to pay money for four fucking cabinets? That means, at most, you could have four people playing games. <laughs> Space Invaders, Centipede, Burger Time. Oh my god. And an arcade Pong clone. Dude, Burger Time should have just made him cash right there. He was already renting the space out and using all the utilities to keep it going. And as his location was out of the way from foot traffic and due to his relatively limited collection, he closed in only a few months. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it was going to last. 
All I thought was, dude, get some late 80s cabinets going like a Street Fighter or a good beat-em-up and you'll get more customers. This was the same business model as you described. Pay a flat fee and stay as long as you want. But again, this his games were a bit too antiquated and he had almost no audience. Basically Atari-era arcade fans. And with really poor advertising, those fans didn't even know he existed. Imagine if like... Six people came and paid ten bucks to pay to play games, and two people just don't get to do anything the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds like it was pretty shitty. Um, if I won the lottery and had enough money that I could start at a loss, I would love to open one of these places and learn how to maintain an arcade, but also make sure it had fun and engaging games right away instead of slow growing from the earliest machine uh, machines. Which brings me to my question of the week. Blake, can we say question of the week? Do it. Question of the week. Thank you. If money wasn't an issue, what is one game-related thing that you wish you could do? Oh, jeez. Jesus. This is a big one. Chase is always dropping the bombs. Game-related thing. Be a streamer on Twitch. (laughs) That's good. I like that a lot. That was good. If I had unlimited money, first thing I would do is get an Amazon Prime account and sub to Blake. <laughs> I would start a podcast. Uh... <laughs> we all just fucking completely decimated his question. Uh, I would like, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is a better computer. Mm. Okay. I'd like to get a, a majorly upgraded computer right now. Yeah, I actually do the same soon. You know what I would do, actually? Uh, and then I, I guess I would collect a few games, but I i don't like having a lot of stuff. I've got too much stuff as it is, I feel like, so I wouldn't want to collect too many things. I would... I think starting an arcade would be pretty sweet. Also, but I think what I would do is have like a sick-ass room uh, with like every classic console... And like a shitload of uh, inbox games, and like a few, like two or three arcade cabinets, you know, just like the, just like a couple, just like Street Fighter and Burger Time and something else. And uh, there's something there. There's about there's something else. Oh, and like and like a Commodore sixty four, like stuff like that, and like some Commodore sixty four games because those are pretty. Those are relatively hard to get your hands on, especially if you're more than a few. Yeah, I remember. Uh, <laughs> let me just let him do his thing and try not to bother him. I would just have a sick decked out room with like a million classic consoles and games. <laughs> I get um, I'm a, a good computer would be pretty cool. I had something a minute ago, yeah, um, and then you talked for five minutes. Oh, a Mame arcade cabinet could be pretty sweet. Like a real legit one where there was like the four controller setups for things oh, like right. X-Men and then uh, the main two on the front for playing whatever other head-to-head games. Smash TV for uh, for fighting games, all that stuff. That'd be pretty sweet. Nice. He says, mine is make an arcade slash games club full of fun and engaging multiplayer games and maybe some tables in the back for tabletop stuff. Yep, that'd be pretty sick. That's all the time I have for this episode, gentlemen. You know you do good work, so please keep it up for as long as it is fun. Always great to hear your voices disagreeing 
and shooting the Fuck shit you, about games. <laughs> Cheers, Chase, the I no longer work nights night cleaner. All right, time for email number two. Oh my god. No, you can't do that every time. I think you're just supposed to do it for this episode. Uh, he's just trying to piss off his wife, that's what he's trying to do. No, I think I'm in the clear since I didn't get a text the first time. I'm gonna text what, you. What would, what would you guys do if, for the rest of the uh, history of our podcast, I play that before every single email? His podcast wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I'd be gone. It would be you. Alright, next. We've got Bowser. B-Zero-W-Z-U-R. With a pretty short email, he says, Hey guys, I know Blake played Ogre Battle back in the early days of the show, but I was wondering if you guys have played the rest of the series, and if so... What do you think about the two different gameplay styles, strategy RPG and tactical RPG, that the series has used, and if you have a preference? Um, God, I really like both of them. I don't know that I can think yeah, of I was that particular say. series. I, the only one that I can think of that I haven't played at all is Ogre Battle 64. I've only played 30 minutes of that. I've played Ogre Battle, I've played Tactics Ogre, uh, which I like Tactics Ogre aside from how grind-heavy it is. It's a very bad design in that regard. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Tactics Ogre Knights of Lotus on the GBA. Played a little bit of that. It's another tactics style game. I don't think there are any others in the series. Okay. He says, uh, keep up the awesome work. I've been a big fan of the show for two years now. Thanks, Bowser. Damn. Why are you just now writing in an email? What the f- <laughs> You selfish bastard. Son of a bitch. No, yeah, thank you for the email, Bowser. Send us some more. You know that we love hearing these. Next, we have an email from uh, Jonathan. Oh my god. Can we change this to the classic I Hate Robert podcast? (laughs) I think Probably it's already, already been that for a while. Uh, Holy shit. I promise I won't do this on every single episode, just this one. Everybody who's listening. You're a cancer. Actually, um, my throat is going out just a little bit. Blake, would you mind? Or Jay, Blake or Jake, would you mind? Uh, I can read it. I just said, it, I just said it. I just did it. I just did the Blake and Jake thing. Either That's one of fine. you. Did you do it on purpose? No, this is not a person. This is from uh, this is from Jonathan. He's the one, I think, who did the, uh, the, like, the marathon <laughs> is this say here that you just put in? It's this one that is this. It's the big ass wall of text that I just posted. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it says, "Welcome back to." Oh, is this? That's it. That's it. That's, I'm sorry. I'm okay. It says, "Welcome back to another edition of the Classic Email Podcast." Big props on the new logo on iTunes. Yeah, Robert, well done. Website looks great, by the way. Thank you. Um, I thought I'd subscribe to the wrong cast. <laughs> uh, last time I wrote in, you had Snest Drunk on the show. That was two times ago. One time ago. Uh, two, I think. Uh, I forgot to mention how much of a fan I was of his and of the first time you had him on instead of mentioning instead I mentioned liking a different YouTube channel. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll do his top three at the end or should, should just do it in his order? I don't care. It's your call. I'll just do it now. So uh, for top three non-square RPGs growing up, meaning they may suck now, uh, he says number three, Legend of Dragoon. I actually, ha- is this, let me make sure it's the right game. 
pretty sure I had this on my this is on my honorable mentions as well. No, this is a different game. I know of this, but I don't know much about it. Blake, have you ever played this? No, it's one that people have hounded me to play for a very long time. I've heard that it is like the very most average game. I always <laughs> mix this up with uh, Bahamas Lagoon. I don't just like the names. Oh just, like, yeah, oh. Bahamas Lagoon is pretty fun. Yeah, they both uh, have number... the word lagoon in the title. Oh, they don't both have. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, uh, number they two, Gradient two. Together. They rhyme. Is there a way to mute somebody in Discord permanently? <laughs> Uh, number two, Gradia 2. And number one, Tales of Destiny 2. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I didn't mention Earthbound because I figured you guys would make that an honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Good luck on that. Uh, he, go- he goes on to say, Also, when listening to the cast the second time around, I still don't think you used my idea for top threes, but it involves, a- but it's evolved a little since then. So. S- since you've spent so much time talking about Metal Gear Solid, go fuck yourself, Robert. Uh, I did the math, Robert. It was one million hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I oh, thought we should talk about sense. Final Fantasy. Oh, Jesus. No. Specifically summons. What? If, uh, you think we've talked about Metal Gear Solid more than Final Fantasy? Are you Are you serious right now, Jonathan? Anyways. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking. The summons from FF8 alone were probably awesome. Alexander, Diablos, Brothers, etc. But I'm going to talk. I'm going to make it more difficult than that. What are your top three summons across the oh, entire geez. series? I actually don't hate this one, because there are some really cool summons in the Final Fantasy series. There are some cool ones. The only thing I don't like is that Do you I mean... Is a dog at your house right uh, now? Yeah, there's Blake. a dog outside. Oh. Tell him we said hi. The only thing I don't like is that, I mean, it's so Final Fantasy-centric, I feel like. True. True. Yeah. Okay. Um, we could probably take it at some point and use it for, like... You know, some sort of anniversary of Final Fantasy games, or yeah, my list for this would be shit. It'd be just like yeah, that or um... all from Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy VII. Hello, Final Fantasy VII had some amazing summons. I don't remember them. <coughs> Alexander's fucking so cool looking. I just remember the animations for the summons on Ten being like so like blown out of proportion, like exploding the universe type stuff. Like they were really cool. Ten tenths is pretty cool. I love Shiva's ultimate when she uses her limit break. Diamond Diamond Ice? Ice. The main one I remember is the guy is like the the dude, like the demon that comes in like a big old ball of fire. Efreet? Yeah, Efreet. Efreet's fucking sick and Eunice sits on his shoulder. Yeah, dude, that's fucking sick. Oh my god. So dope. And his horns are massive too. Cool summon. I'm down to do something like this. Maybe not like on the fly. Maybe do it, like I said, like at a certain point when we're doing something regarding Final Fantasy or maybe it's like a, a I don't know. I feel like we could use this for something. All right, hold on. Let me write it down, or else I'm going to forget. I mean, you, guys, you guys are welcome to chime in. I, just, I, I think it's not the worst. Top three. Songs. Yeah, I mean, we could even expand it beyond Final Fantasy games, too. Is it for not s- too many other games do a lot of summons, but yeah. there's is, a few. Is it the summons animations that we're talking about, or the actual, like... What are your top three summons across the entire series? So I think you could probably whatever just do however you want of. to. Yeah. Whatever you want. Okay, top three summons. Yeah. Uh, so then he goes on to say, this podcast is, like, the best podcast that I could, like, think of, like, okay, uh, so, that's literally what it says, don't, don't, don't be there, uh, okay, so I was the one who brought Rob's belligerent use of the word like to the forefront, okay. oh, that's why, okay, that was good. Yeah. in the past episode, Thank he you. mentioned, I appreciate pers- that, he mentioned a personal goal he had set for himself, oh, no, no, <laughs> let's not do this, under okay, so I was the one who brought Rob. Oh, sorry, that's the same thing. Uh, under forty uses of the word "like," let the games begin. 
Oh my god. <laughs> my first Robert, listen. Shame. Holy shame. shit, dude. My first listen, I just counted 114. <laughs> in fact, he caught himself and said, oh shoot, there's one. There's one? At that time, at that time he had said it 27 <laughs> times already. <laughs> On the second playthrough, I thought it'd be fun to pick up on everyone instead of just Robert. Collectively, the word "like" was used 281 times. <laughs> Thank goodness, I'm Jay only men- half. Jay mentioned wanting to spam the word, and he must have because in his segment about arcades in Arizona, he said "like" 58 times. Nice. Blake is actually boring when listening <laughs> exclusively for likes. He uses that word very rarely, except for the TwitchCon review. In the past, in the last ten minutes, where he said it fifteen times or so, <laughs> I thought I, thought I was bad. being trolled because as I listened to Jay's experience at Dave and Buster's for the third time, I got a phone call from Phoenix AZ. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay, I didn't pick up because I owe too much money. To, I owe too much money to too many people. You got to leave me a message. I'll just text you. Uh, also, there's a place in Orlando close to Disney World called One or called Player One. Uh, this is an arcade bar that is similar to what you were describing, Starfighter. Sadly, they focus more on the bar part and less on the upkeep of the game. Still pretty cool spot uh, if you're ever out this way. They actually opened a place like that in Tempe here uh, that was more of like a, a bar-focused, like, and then had arcades, and they are they closed within a year. Oh, Literally nice. closed within a year. Was it, kinda, was it any good? I, I never went. I was planning to go, but then like everybody said it attracted the wrong kind of crowd. Like, I can really see that if you're focusing people. too heavy on the bar part, I can see that. Yeah, they said it attracted no one because, like, girls wouldn't go there and nerdy guys didn't want to go there because it wasn't an actual arcade. It was just, like, a really fucking weird place, so. Hmm. Okay. And uh, he said, that's all for now. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank that. you very much. Uh... <laughs> okay. 114 times? <laughs> no, mostly the fa- that, but mostly the fact that I said, oh, shoot, there's one. <laughs> Apparently, I'd done it 27 times already. That is really funny, actually. <laughs> All right. We got one more. Last one comes in from Simon. Uh, anyone, anyone of you guys? All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Greetings, Robert. Actually, actually, one of you guys better take this on. Oh, for God's sake, you read so slow. Thank God. <laughs> Put it in there. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> this is from I'm this, so glad you volunteered, Blake. This is from Simon. I'll, do, <sighs> I'll Pussies, right. do you want me to read the fucking email? No, because you read like you're a fucking two year old. <laughs> Greetings, Robert Bland and Jake. For your request on Titter Twitter. <laughs> I am <laughs> having a Twitter that mispronounced. <laughs> I've been belatedly writing you an email. Unfortunately, the top three of this episode has caused me to come to the sad realization that I've actually barely played or at least finished any RPGs. Robert, did you send this email in? Is this just from you? <laughs> Is that why it's so long? Please continue. Uh, at least apart from Pokemon and a few other <laughs> few Mario RPGs. I guess I'm pretty much a sham because I always think I like RPGs or at least the concept of RPGs, but whenever I actually try to play one... All the different stats and items and weapons and moves and spells and abilities tend to become too overwhelming for my feeble brain to grasp. So you don't like video games, then? (laughs) (laughs) I think this is part of actually why I stopped finishing games for a long time. Like, it just got to be so overwhelming in, like, a boring way that I was like, I don't care. I don't want to go through the rest of this. 
All these numbers oh. that they have here are boring. They don't explain any of it. I think that's a problem some games have. <laughs> yeah. I, I can actually nice understand. I was good. joking, but I, I can actually understand that. To yeah. Be honest. yeah. Honestly, one of the biggest gaps in my nerd cred is that I've literally never played a Final Fantasy game in my life. No, Ooh. not wow. even Tactics. Okay, we're yeah, going to have okay? to cut this email. <laughs> we're not going to read the email until you play Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> the closest I came was when I almost bought Final Fantasy Crystal, Co- Crystal Chronicles for the sole reason that it was part of a promotion. Uh, a promotion Nintendo Australia was running where you had to go buy two GameCube games from a certain list and they sent you a free disc with The Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask on it. Whoa, what? Oh, wow. Wow. We had we had that here, but <clears throat> it wasn't in a like a giveaway like that. That's pretty sick. I, I'm pretty That's sure I know really... a few people that had that. Like I think my cousin may have had that. I don't know if she still does. But or I I might just be thinking of a thing where it's Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on two different discs. But yeah, the, I, I've actually heard of that. Um, and you know I'm such a sucker for marketing that when there's a deal that requires you to spend money on a thing you wouldn't normally buy in order to get a free thing that you totally don't need because you already own the games on it, my immediate reaction is, "Wow, thanks Nintendo." <laughs> That's perfect. I still ended up getting the Zelda disc, but by buying Kirby Air Ride instead, which was well interesting. Sadly, my weakness for marketing didn't even end there. See, the Zelda disc also had this promo video on it <laughs> that showed clips of all the Zelda games released up until then and pointed out that thanks to the disc, this disc and the Nintendo Game Boy Player, the add-on that let you play GB slash GBA games on GameCube, you could play every Zelda game on the GameCube. Can you guess what I did then? <laughs> oh, By no. Simon, I hear you say, I'm sure that you as a sensible human being simply filled the interesting fact File the interesting fact under no further action required. Well, I'm flattered that you have such faith in my upstanding character, okay. but you're sadly mistaken. Oh, yeah, you were wrong about that one. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. That was you. I was <laughs> reading his thoughts about you, Robert. This was supposed to be an email that you were reading. He said gentlemen. So therefore... No, he didn't. You can't prove that. <laughs> I went out the next day and bought a Game Boy player. I guess I might as well have given Nintendo my online banking login details and been done with it. <laughs> Nintendo's been pretty good about that for years. Those guys have a talent for like nickel and diming people with shit they don't need. <clears throat> On that note, maybe this could be a topic topic of discussion for the podcast. Top three marketing campaigns slash gimmicks. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I can tell you right now that Earthbound's This Game Stinks would not make that list. <laughs> but maybe you're all much stronger will than I, so you don't really have much to say on the matter. Back on the subject of RPGs, I already segued you to that, Simon, baby. This may not exactly meet the criteria, but I can't resist mentioning the Sierra Adventure Games slash RPG hybrid series, oh, here we go. Quest for Glory. Oh, okay. You know that one, Rob? Uh, I know of it. Okay. Although I'm a huge fan of traditional adventure games, the original Quest for Glory has to be my all-time favorite Sierra <laughs> game. I know Robert was planning to check the series out someday, and I really recommend it. From what I've heard, people generally regard Quest for Glory 4 as the best. I'm probably blinded by nostalgia because I could never get that one to work properly on my PC back in the day, so I have much bigger soft spots for the first three. Each game in the series has a very different setting slash atmosphere, and the first three in particular really stood out to me and have actually been a big influence <laughs> on the world building of my own stories. Ah, cool. Yeah. Another cool feature of the series that you can import is that you can import your character from game to game so that you carry over stats, spells, money, and some inventory items to oh, nice. the next game to give you an advantage over starting from scratch. Because of that, I'd recommend starting with the first game and working your way through the series. I personally prefer the original parser-based EGA version, Ooh. but again, that might be the nostalgia talking. Yep. Because I know a lot of people like the VGA point-and-click remake better. 
So I guess just go with whatever you think you enjoy more. Uh, this like email has kind of turned into an essay, even without giving me an actual top three, <laughs> or, and or ranting about Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which only just turned 10 by their Japanese release date. So I guess their eligibility for the podcast is kind of borderline anyway. I'd better leave it here before I become complicit in breaking your record for longest podcast episode. <laughs> Keep on classic gaming. Hey, don't worry about that. My Final Fantasy 13 rant was more than enough to push us into that realm right now. That was. Um, by the way, this was Simon, and he's the same one who sent in the tweet about the Poke- like every Pokemon, like the three Pokemon games being for his list. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, that's going to bring it to a close for our email section. That was a good one, though. That that was I was afraid it actually got pretty pathetic. Um, because I was so excited about getting to play the new email music, but we didn't have any emails yet. I was like basically like begging people on Twitter to send us emails. You are just the saddest. <laughs> no, it was. It definitely was. But uh, we ended up with some pretty with some pretty awesome ones. So thank you so much to everybody who wrote in. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com is our Can we limit address. the subcast, please? <laughs> yeah, No, it's not going to be too long. Well, okay, mine's not going to be. Or it might be a little bit. Uh, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. That's our email address. Send us emails to that email address. Tell us about anything you feel like talking about. Anything. You just got something you got to get it off your chest. Just shoot it over. If you need to bitch about Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, especially that. Uh... If you want to do math on how many times we did this or that on our episodes, apparently that's a trend. <laughs> apparently. Time to move on to the current gaming subcast. Who wants to go first? Honestly, don't have much to say. Like, I yeah, I don't know that I do much. either. I Other than what we talked about, about today. Anamusha, actually, I, I played more than I played pretty much anything else. <laughs> it was really fun. My, I have been focusing on final fantasy 13 for the last week so i haven't gotten to do anything else my daughter's eighth birthday was 10 days ago nice and i got her a 3ds for a birthday and i was like <laughs> when she got home from school i was like don't, oh. don't we need to open her presents <laughs> <laughs> like i was super excited to play it. I, I mean obviously i had to pretty much wait till she went to bed but uh i play i actually haven't played that much of it i played Kirby Planet Robobot for a little bit, and it's a really fun game. It's pretty easy, as in my experience, a lot of the Kirby games are, but they do some cool stuff. It's really fun. Also, <laughs> what? No, no, you're good. Also, I've been playing Europa Universalis 4 some more. That's still keeping me very entertained. And then, since I got a pretty good handle on Europa Universe, whatever the fuck, I took a deeper dive into another Paradox game, which is even more complicated than your... your, I'm never going to be able to say that. Just give up. All right. Yeah. We're going to go with EU4 from now on. All right. Uh, Significantly more complicated than EU4, which is Crusader Kings 2. And... (laughs) like. I still only understand about 50% of the game, but I'm gotten to the point where like I'm able to play where I understand enough to have fun with it. And it is also a fun ass game. So in EU four, as I said, last time you're controlling a nation 
and you're kind of it's it's really role playish. You kind of do whatever you want. If you want to try conquering other countries, that's cool. If you just want to be your own country and try to amass wealth, or if you want to colonize or become like a really good trade nation, you just do whatever you feel like doing. It's cool. Um, with Crusader Kings two, it's the same thing except instead of playing specifically a nation, you play a dynasty. You play a family basically. You play one character. And your goal is to secure your uh, your family's uh, legacy, basically by uh, like you know conquering land. It's the same thing where you're conquering land and stuff, but you're doing it as a person, uh, like as a count or as a duke or as a king, rather than as like a, a complete nation itself. So you what you have to do is you manage like all the people who were like your your council. And you got to make sure that everybody in your court is happy with you or else they might like have plots to kill you and stuff like that. And when your character dies, then the next character you take on is your heir. And your heir, typically, depending on the laws of your country that you set, is your firstborn son. And then, so when your guy dies, you take on the firstborn son and it goes on from there. Uh, And it's really interesting because it's character-based as opposed to like nation-based. So like... (laughs) You have character traits, and, like, every character has character traits and stats and this kind of stuff, and you're, like, marrying off your daughters to try to secure alliances and stuff like this, and my guy, so you want to have a lot of children, because that's how you make sure that your dynasty survives, because if you just have one kid and he gets killed, then that's pretty much game over. So, one thing you want to do is have lots of kids. And my wives kept dying for this or that. One, like, had a heart attack. One of them got uh, murdered or something. And then I found my third wife. She looked like a winner. Uh, But I didn't pay very close attention to her. I was looking at her stats, but I didn't pay very close attention to her character traits when I married her. And after I married her, I realized that she was a lesbian. Nice. (laughs) So that doesn't work out great for uh, procreating and having kids. However... <laughs> what? Blake just wrote. I don't think this. <laughs> just read Skype. Yeah, seriously, I, I was actually thinking the same fucking thing. I don't this think seems like another honeypot moment. I don't think this subcast will take very long, Robert. 2016. Anyway, after we got married, I realized she was a lesbian. Um, however. She also turned out to have the lustful trait, which turned her into such a nympho that it over counteracted her lesbianism to where it made her 5% more fertile than she would have been if she, what the hell are you talking about? Like, Oh, thank God. She has enough intellect to make her fucking lust worthy. Basically she had such, she was such a nympho that, that overcame her lesbianism and I was able to have plenty of children with her. Oh my god. And then my guy got old and got bedridden with the flu and diarrhea. And and I got a pop Obviously. up and I got a pop up that said, "Okay, you have three options. You can like you you got your doctor here. He can do this extreme procedure and it can either basically kill you or cure you completely, or he can do a safer c- procedure which is kind of like middle ground. Like it's not going to cure you all the way, but it's not going to kill you either. Or it's like you can just be like put, I'm putting myself in God's hands and you just let whatever happen happen." So my guy was pretty good. Um, so I was like, you know what? We're going to go with the extreme procedure. 
And the cure for my uh, diarrhea and flu was for him to cut my eyeball out. Nice. Yeah. That makes no sense at all, but nice. Yeah, that's pretty sick. And uh, my, uh, I was getting old, and I had one son who was going to get claims on one on, the, on my uh, like kingdom and one specific plot of land, but all the other sons, the all these other pieces of land were going to be divided amongst the other sons. So I was thinking, when I take on the role of the next son, I want to be able to like conquer all the other ones uh, as well as I could. Mm-hmm. So I raised the other sons to be like as big of fuck up dumbass uh, degenerates as I possibly could. So I mm-hmm. so I raised them <laughs> to give them all the worst traits I could and basically mm-hmm. keep them as stupid <laughs> as possible. <laughs> so, like I love mm-hmm. it. So I can. <laughs> so like, I can what are you, really Simon easy. Roberts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's. <laughs> Oh, Robert, you're a very funny person. <laughs> so the only thing I forgot about this a few days ago, maybe one or two days, I can't remember now. I played. Uh, you've heard about World of Final Fantasy, right, Jay? Yeah. I think you have. Yep. Yeah. I the demo for it is out on PS4 and PS Vita. That game is actually really going to be fucking. Boring. It's so cute. Like, did you play the demo? No, I just saw the, okay. the graphics of it. it. I after playing it, I am so sold on that game. It looks. Awesome. It's literally just Final Fantasy meets Pokemon, and then for the development of your monsters that you've gathered, uh, there's actually, like, you can catch basically every single monster you run into. You can catch boss monsters, you can catch behemoths, you can catch tonberries, everything. And the way that you develop them and uh, end up evolving them is that they've got this thing that's kind of like Sphere Grid-esque. So you go into this menu i think it's the mirage board is what it's called and it's it's very small it's very very simple and so each different monster has their own mystery or mirage board and you go in there and you'll be able to spend one point to learn strength plus three or whatever and then on the next point you'll be able to spend three points to learn fire and then it's this big not big but uh it's a small little thing where you can branch around and pick up some stats, pick up some new abilities, pick up some passive stuff. And then on the other side, depending on the routes that you take, you can run into different nodes that you can activate that then evolve the monster into different forms of it. So I ended up I catching... didn't realize it was a Pokemon type game. That's, that's funny. Yeah, it's very Pokemon <laughs> with uh, some nice touches and it's going to be fucking sweet. Uh, like you can evolve a Tonberry you can turn it into a baby Tonberry, which I don't know what that's going to do, but it looks adorable. Or you can turn it into a King Tonberry, which looks like the most royal son of a bitch you'll ever Dude, how see cool is the concept of a Tonberry? It's pretty sweet, yeah. I love Tonberries. Like, they're so cool. And so there's all sorts of different... Uh, all of the monsters have stuff like this. There's one that can turn into Ifrit, and it's got other forms as well. Uh, the Behemoth can become a King Behemoth. And I can't remember which cool. one I found... But one of them can turn into, judging by the abilities, because we don't actually know what they turn into, but one of the uh, monsters I looked at, its ability tree, you could see what skills the other transformations would be able to learn on their Mirage boards. And one of them had Energy Ray and Sonic Wings as two abilities. And I was like, why do those sound familiar? What are those? And then I realized, those were Valifor's abilities from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I can evolve into Valifor. That's it. I am now super sold on this game. 
it looks pretty sweet. It comes out next Tuesday. I'm probably going to be day wanting that. I, was I, I can't wait. I was wondering how long you were going to go on for. Not as long as you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. 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 Hi, Robert. What? What do you want me to do? Anything else? Uh, probably. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Fuck you, Robert. Yeah. Century music. Yeah, we do. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got? Um, yeah, go follow our stuff. You, you got yeah, this. Class, class something. Twitter, Tweet it Facebook, social media. And... Uh, at class games cast on Twitter. There you go. We got a uh, <laughs> mail at classicgamingpodcast.com and uh, leave us some sick fucking reviews on iTunes. I think that's pretty much all I got. Don't forget to okay. give a shout out to Dimitri and Garrett on their Twitter accounts. Um, tell, them, tell them about how how awesome they uh, of a job that they did on our stuff. I'm starting to, I'm starting to lose my ability to make cohesive thoughts now. So maybe we should call it a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys Good for night. listening. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Just close it out, Robert. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay, yeah. Thanks. I've thanks. got to go eat. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Have a happy Halloween. All right, I'm going to go touch myself. <laughs>